0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in
2: southwest Mississippi?
3: Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver.
4: Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Get ready, get ready.
5: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, coming at you live from Stone, Stone's Jewelry on Main Street Tupelo. The skies have cleared. It's a beautiful day up here. Come by and see us. Already lots of folks in the store in front of us making their selections. This place is jam-packed with all kinds of merchandise, and it is Christmas. It's a good time to get out and buy that jewelry, but uh, kicking off the show today the senator from district six chad mcmahon he's the chairman of the local and private senate committee and vice chair of the business and financial institutions senate committee morning senator thanks
6: for coming by gerald good morning and merry christmas to you and to all mississippians
5: well so it's a beautiful day here in tupelo and this place is buzzing you like to see this you like to see the economy Uh, doing well and and no more is that better reflected that in a in a great small hometown business like this and you see the customers come in making their selections these folks are great I've been watching them, helping them, so it's good to see that. Back to what I would say is normal economically.
6: Absolutely, and Stone's Jewelry is actually one of our premier retailers in Mississippi. Uh, It's a family-owned business here in Tupelo. Been in business for many, many years. My wife shops here. She loves their products, and it's really about the service at this location.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so uh, I'm going to kick off just asking you what kind of feedback you've gotten from those senators that uh, have been hammering out their plans for spending all this ARPA money. Are you involved in that? Are you on the subcommittee involved in that? I'm not on the subcommittee. However, I do watch
6: some of the committee hearings. Uh, we have $1.8 billion yeah. of ARPA money to invest. I like to call it Biden bucks. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden sent this money uh, uh, with Congress to, to the states. Mississippi's portion of that is $1.8 billion. Yeah. I think so far there's been $7 billion, $7 billion worth of requests for $1.8 billion. But for me, I want to see this money invested in ways that it's it's an investment in our state it's an investment in our cities and communities and uh that's how I'd like to see the money to be invested. We need to figure out what we need to do to attract young millennial families to Mississippi and this could be part of that. I know the ARPA money is supposed to be used to uh to, to use to look looking back at and uh, making whole any uh Anyone that was maybe damaged Mm -hmm. during the pandemic and how we can prepare ourselves if there is another pandemic, but also want to do that in a way that we promote the state and that we encourage millennial families to move to Mississippi.
5: Yeah. So. Yes, yeah, seven billion. It's no surprise when you got a dab of money like this. It's more than a dab. It's a significant chump, One point eight billion. When you consider that our, our entire federal uh, general fund budget is what six billion exchange
6: now. So six point one billion is yeah. the, is the is the general fund, and then you. In- you amplify that with 1.8 billion Biden bucks and then also you have to consider the 1.3 billion dollars in sales tax revenue that is over budget so we're going to have about 3.3 billion dollars to appropriate this this session
5: yeah I, I got to tell you, there's there's a side of me that said I wish we didn't have all that money because it's 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 being dropped on us out of helicopters, as I like to say, from the federal government. We're picking up the tab on the other, other side. Uh, you know, I just assume us, uh, just my personal opinion. I just assume, assume us not have all that. But while we got it, we we need to make hay while the sun shines, as they say. So, I know the lieutenant governor has said that he's looking for more transformational, long-term investments that will provide a long-term return to the to the taxpayers and the citizens of Mississippi and not so much focus on these sort of uh, short-term band-aid very limited uh, type of uh, investments and deployment of that money so let's hope we stay on that
6: what uh, well I won't yeah I've traveled every county in the state of Mississippi in the last two years serving as chairman of local and private and there's three things that you've got to have in your city or in your county to be successful you got to have good schools, you got to have a local bank branch, and you've got to have a health care system. Mm-hmm. If you don't have one of those three ingredients, no major company or organization is going to move to your county or to your city to conduct business. So I would like to see the $1.8 billion invested in a way that we attract young people to the state, but we also strengthen our health care system throughout the state. Um, with maybe freestanding ERs or that we reopen some of the small rural hospitals that have been closed over the last several years. We just had a very successful opening in Marks, Mississippi, in Quitman County, a hospital that had been closed for five years and a local Mississippian put a plan together to reopen that hospital. And if you don't think that's not a game changer, that eight bedroom hospital will bring has will bring forty high paying jobs to Marks, Mississippi and to Quitman County. And it will be the catalyst for other businesses moving to that area it's a it's a game changer for that community yeah and it needs to be held up as an example of what can take place when we choose to work together and and have a
5: strong health care system across the state yeah yeah absolutely uh so I wanted to also shift gears here a bit. We talked offline about uh, the vaccine mandates. Three, three major aspects of, the, of that coming out of the Biden administration. One for uh, employees of healthcare institutions that participate in Medicare, and Medicaid, and then one for federal contractors. One for private businesses with more than 100 employees. The uh, the one for federal contractors was the last of the three that had not been struck down uh, by the courts. But yesterday, that one got struck down. So all three have been essentially rendered toothless, at least in the federal courts. What do you think about this?
6: Well, I want to be respectful to the president. When I'm going to address him as President Biden. But I do think... He's operating outside of the law. I don't think he has the constitutional authority to do what he's done. I would caution him to slow down. Um, You know, Biden promised us that when he became president, the pandemic was going to go away. Well, that hasn't happened. As a matter of fact, more people died in 2021 from the virus than have died in 2020. That's right. So he should take ownership of that. But he is not a king he cannot I do not believe he has the authority to force Mississippians and Americans to put a experimental vaccine in their body I'm standing with the people on this and uh, I really hope that we would have that we would pass some legislation first the year during session the proper way to do government is to have a debate I hope we pass uh, pass legislation in this state Uh, where you don't have to have a, there's no vaccine
5: mandates, no vaccine passport for services. Right. And I think some states have already done that. They have. Florida, Texas. Florida and Texas. Yeah. Yeah, they've led the
6: way on this. Yeah, they have. And I'd like to see that done here in Mississippi, especially with government agencies. uh, No government agency or government entity should be forcing an experimental vaccine on someone for services.
5: Yeah. Well... I hear from other uh, members of the legislature, Senator, that that is the uh, the subject matter with which they receive the the most uh, feedback from their constituents yes. on this matter itself, right here. They just feel like this is gross overreach of the federal government, and they're concerned about it. This is the number
6: one phone call that I've been receiving over the last several months is the vaccine, uh, the mandate, and that Joe Biden does not have the authority to do what he's done. Mr. President, stop trying to inflict your personal uh, views on the American people.
5: Yeah. And and he even admitted, we talked about it on the program before, that they, they knew it, it was on shaky ground from a constitutional authority perspective, but still proceeded in spite of that, knowing it was going to get challenged in the courts and probably knew it was likely to get struck down in the courts. It just seems like an exercise in futility. But here we are. Uh, so th- the three major uh, issues there, the three major requirements, all struck down. by courts. And, and look, I don't want
6: anyone to misinterpret what I'm what I'm sharing. You know, I think the vaccine. Is an individual choice. I think everyone should take the vaccine if that's what they would like to do after they consult with their healthcare provider. Sure, but it should not be a mandate. There's never been a vaccine like this one. This is an mRNA vaccine, which there's never been one like it in history. Right. Other types of, of vaccines were voted on by legislatures and are a they're a tissue vaccine. This is a chemical vaccine, which is a different type of vaccine. But look, before I go any further, yep. Today's a big day in my family. I want to wish my wife, Nikki McMahon, I want to wish her happy 50th birthday. I love you. Looking forward to spending the evening together. And uh, I do want to give
5: my wife that shout out. Awesome. That is a, Well, happy birthday, Nikki. Uh, appreciate that. All right, so. And she, she makes 50 look fabulous. <laughs> we got. Uh, uh, we've got a, uh, a session coming up here in less than a month. We're going into a break right here. Can you hang around? Uh, sure. Through the break? Yeah, sure. I want to talk to you about that because there, it seems like there's lots of issues on the table that you folks down there in the Capitol will be uh, dealing with and deliberating. Yep, right to visit. Uh, I'm working on some right to visit legislation. We can talk about that. Okay, awesome. So we'll take a break right here. Our guest is Senator Chad McMahon. We are coming at you live from Stones Jewelry in Tupelo, Mississippi. Come by and see us middays. We'll be right back.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, cloudy skies, then clearing, high near 64. Tonight, increasing clouds, low around 50 degrees. Your Thursday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 74. And for your finally Friday, a 40% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high all the way up to 81. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
8: You've shared half your life together, built your family and careers together. She doesn't just complete your sentences, she completes you. Isn't it time to tell her you'd marry her all over again? I'm John Ravenstein. And I'm Rachel Ravenstein from Juncker Jewelry Company, suggesting that maybe it's time for that second diamond, the diamond you've always wanted to give her and now can afford.
9: Here at Juniker Jewelry Company, as direct diamond importers, you'll find more certified large diamonds than any other store.
8: Stunning, too. Three, four-carat diamonds and larger in stock every day at the guaranteed best price in Mississippi. And the
9: Diamond Professionals to help you create not just her ultimate diamond engagement ring, but a true family heirloom.
8: So when you want to say, I love you, on her birthday, your anniversary, or just because it's time for that second diamond. This
9: Christmas, come to Junikers.
8: Because love can't wait. Juniker Jewelry, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. 1485
10: Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and JunikerJewelry.com.
6: Stop. David Cox here, Omar Financial. Do you have a 401k, IRA, retirement, or CD coming due? We can help with market like returns
11: and zero risk. Call David Cox, 957- 3841, 957- 3841 now. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture. The Mississippi Farmers Market presents a Merry Market, Saturday, December 11th. It's a holiday event where you'll find all the usual fresh Mississippi produce and other farm goods along with arts and crafts, perfect for all your Christmas needs. Shop the genuine Mississippi store. Vendor giveaways, complimentary treats, food trucks, and a special appearance from Santa. Visit your Mississippi Farmers Market 929 High Street, December 11th from 8 to 1 and celebrate the holidays with us.
7: Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at Barone'sTreePros.com. That's Barone'sTreePros.com.
0: Your window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl
1: is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to
12: autotrimdesigns.com. We're here with a special invitation to join us weekday mornings 6 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Supertalk Jackson 97.3.
1: The
0: talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. I'll
1: have, I'll have
11: a blue Christmas.
6: Ah, that's the most I'll famous do. Tupelonian.
5: Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, so yes. Can on Rhino. <laughs> Bumping us into this segment, (laughs) Middays is coming at you live from Stones Jewelry in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our guest is Chad McMahon, Senator representing the area here, District 6. We appreciate the Senator coming and joining us here at Stones. A beautiful day. Are you impressed with the folks in this place that are making selections, buying jewelry? It's awesome. Stones
6: Jewelry is just a wonderful place to do business. Uh, uh, daddy and husband, if you if you need to buy something for your wife or, or a, a girl, or you know if you're looking for some jewelry in the market, Stones Jewelry is,
5: is one That's of the awesome. premier, absolutely one of the premier retailers in Tupelo. I just love to see uh, these small businesses like this uh, excel at their at their craft. Uh, and uh, and succeed i mean this is the backbone of not only our state but our our country and we got to keep the government out of the way there senator to make sure that they can continue to succeed so absolutely tupelo is a growing community it's incredible tupelo really should
6: be held up as an example of what a city can do when people choose to work together and i really stand in the shadows of so many great leaders but in the 60s and 70s some very prominent families in this area decided they were going to live together and work together and go to school together and build together and look what's been built here together yeah there's not an empty building downtown It's awesome uh it is it is remarkable. If you haven't been to Tupelo in the last five years, I would encourage you to come. It has become a it's it's the banking hub for the entire state, but it has really become a retail hub of Northeast Mississippi as well. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. All all of the Fortune 500 companies that are doing business here uh, in this region, uh, so many great family-owned businesses, and it, it's just incredible what's happened. Well,
5: when you talk about uh, what what you believe to be, and, and I and I'm with you on this. The elements that make uh, for a successful community and a robust economy, you got it all here, right? You got health care, you got banking, you got education. You got to have three things for a successful
6: city or community you've got to have a good public school or good school systems, you've got to have a local bank branch. And your community, and then you've got to have a health care system. We've got all of that. Uh, we, we actually have the largest high school in the state. Yep. Tupelo has one high school, and everyone goes to that high school. Yep. So there's no east side or west side or north or south side division. Everyone goes to Tupelo, and it's the Tupelo Spirits, what we call it. I graduated from Tupelo High, class of 1990, <laughs> <laughs> and, it,
5: and it's an excellent school. It an is an excellent school system as well. So uh, Tupelo
6: has it. one of the finest career centers in the entire state. As a matter of fact, the, the nicest, the most well-equipped and nicest industrial kitchen in Lee County is probably at Tupelo oh, High School, and they're teaching, uh, they're teaching advanced manufacturing principals they're teaching coding uh, health care it's really amazing what they're doing we also have the middle college here where students in high school can actually get a two-year degree working with ICC so when they graduate high school they're also graduating with either hours for a community college or a degree from a community college ready to go to work that's awesome It's yes
5: well I I I make the trek up here on occasion for for various reasons and for a number of years when I was coaching baseball came up up here a lot coaching baseball baseball tournaments and so always um uh, kind of traveled around the area just to take a look but it's let's, I, let's I be honest through the years let's be honest yep. you, you, you always feared playing the golden wave <laughs> yeah well at that and a lot of other good schools up uh, good programs up here as well but uh, anyhow a lot of fun and uh, it's it's a great family-oriented community has always been my sense of it as well. I represent
6: four fantastic public school systems. Tupelo Public Schools, Lee County Public Schools, okay. Baldwin City Schools, and Ittawamba County Schools. Unified all system. All great
5: systems. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got the session coming up. Uh, what's on the horizon? Do you have any particular personal priorities, and, and what do you think uh, the legislature is going to take up? Well, the, the one major priority I have is a
6: right to visit uh, legislation Uh, I know during the pandemic there were families that could not get into hospital systems and the nursing homes and see their loved ones Uh, I I actually had to intervene for some constituents in several nursing homes and and, and get them in to see their loved ones but you have a right to see your loved ones yeah Uh, regardless of the pandemic human beings were built to interact with family members and with other human beings, and there were people that died completely alone that were not able to see their families before they passed on to the next life. And I think that's important. It's important to me. I hope it's going to be important to the legislature. That's the primary
5: thing I'm working on is is right to visit legislation okay so what about some of these red meat issues we got coming up Senator you, we, I don't think we can escape it we got the medical marijuana deal that uh, of course is front and center We've got the potential for tax reform you got the 1.8 billion we talked about that you guys got to figure out where to spend your thoughts about any of that well first I would want
6: to say on the medical marijuana program that I would never encourage anyone to use illegal drugs. I, I personally wish we were not going to have a medical marijuana program in this state because I think there's going to be a lot of abuses. However, I've been elected to serve as the senator from District 6, and I do one thing, reflect the will of the people. Sure. And the boxes in the district that I represent voted by 76% really? for a medical marijuana in program, district? yes. And regardless of my own personal feelings, hmm. I am going to support a medical marijuana program if it has all the features that I support. Some of the things that I support are in the bill, some of the things are not in the bill that I would like to see. For example, I would like to see some permanent funding for mental health and for law enforcement. That's okay. something I'd like to see. I'd also like to see a waiver program for the small for all municipalities to to empower the city councils to empower the board of aldermen to issue waivers and exemptions if they'd like to have that. Okay.
5: Well, so I, th- I thought that that uh, provision, such pr- a provision, existed where communities, uh, municipalities, could opt out within a certain period of time after the, the law would be signed by the governor. I think 60 days is the threshold there. That is that yeah. is correct. But yeah. that's not what I'm
6: concerned with. Okay. What I'm concerned with is if a business, if the if a business wants to go into a certain area, that they're allowed to be given an exemption regardless of the thousand square foot I see. Uh, requirement. Um, Because there are a lot of small towns that are anchored on either end of a historic strip by a church or a school, which eliminates those downtown areas from any economic activity in this particular industry. I got you. Now, uh, Senator Blackwell and Representative Lee Yancey have done a wonderful job with the bill. I do think it's a robust bill. Uh, They have also... Been sympathetic to my position. The excise tax of fifteen dollars a pound was eliminated yep. to get my support on that. Uh, there's still an excise tax, but it's an excise tax at the point of sale and not at the point of production. Right. So that that was something that that. My, my fingerprints are on the bill, okay. and I appreciate them uh, being so sympathetic to some of
5: the issues that, that I was concerned about. What, uh, what do you think the prospect is for getting something signed, uh, Well, let's, let's say passed in the House, passed in the Senate, and sent to the governor? What do you think? you think there's uh, enough congruence there and consensus? I, I think the House and the Senate will come up with something.
6: I think there's going to be amendments. I don't think it'll the, the bill will survive in its current form okay. through through the legislative process. And then, what's important to Governor Reeves is got to be important to us as well. Uh, but I absolutely believe there should be a permanent funding. There should be a percentage of the sales tax revenue set aside for mental health okay. and for law enforcement as a perpetual funding
5: mechanism. Okay. All right. So, have you uh, kind of done a straw poll on there? Do you th- on that? Do you feel like there is a, a broad support for that?
6: Like I said, it's very difficult to get I got 177 you. people to agree <laughs> on everything, so we'll we'll see. We'll put the amendments out there, we'll discuss it, and, and,
5: and see where we are. Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn is really promoting his tax reform plan, and uh, that passed the House, as you know. The Senate had hearings on it, really didn't take it up in the last session. You, any thoughts on that? Any, any feedback from that? Well, any time
6: we can eliminate taxes on the taxpayer, I'm for that. Anytime we can shrink government, I'm for that. Uh, we've had hearings on it. We've heard the pros and cons. Uh, I'm listening very closely to what people of the 6th District are asking me to do, and I've not fo- I've not taken a firm position on it, but I'm certainly sympathetic to
5: eliminating the tax. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it should be an interesting uh, session at a minimum. Uh, politics before you go here. 2022. <laughs> you can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no. 2022 is midterms. And uh, what what do you think the prospects are for the Republicans flipping the uh, House and the Senate? That's an interesting question. You know, we're a year from that
6: race. Yeah. Uh, that's two political lifetimes. Yeah. Who knows what will happen? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of exterior factors that could affect that. Sure. So we we don't know what that's going to. I hope Republicans will take it. I hope Donald Trump will run for the House of Representatives in Florida. I'd love to see that, the Speaker. Yes, <laughs> I, I, that that has been discussed. I, I would love to is. see that, uh, but. You know, uh, I trust the people of this country to make the, the right decisions. I think there's a lot of frustration out there with the inflation, yeah. with gas prices, uh, with the lack of products on shelves. Sure. It took me several days to buy some laundry detergent, okay. and I'm not looking for a certain brand laundry any laundry Anything. detergent. I've noticed
5: it too. Yes, Senator. Thanks so much for joining us today. Senator Chad McMahon uh, represents uh, Lee County, this area, District Six. We appreciate him coming on. Midday's, we'll take a break. We'll come back, back. We'll come back with more talk, and then we've got Joanne Stone or Teresa Smith from Stone's Jewelry at twelve. Uh, excuse me, ten fifty. Stay with us.
3: Don't let joint pain or a sports injury keep you down. Capital Ortho is ready with a new look, a new name, and the same great care to get you back in the game. 601-987-8200 for all your bone and joint needs. Choose Capital Ortho and get back to living your best life. Hottie toddy. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon.
8: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Whether or not the Omicron COVID variant results in a surge in cases, state health officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs warns our hospitals are already stressed. Our, hosp- our health care system, our hospitals, are absolutely
15: overwhelmed with you know low
7: volumes of patients right now. We've had such staffing issues. We're already having trouble transferring people who need to go to higher levels of care. Uh, if we, as we add on flu and COVID cases. It's going to be a bad winter, I'm afraid.
8: Mississippi's first case of the variant was confirmed Monday in a fully vaccinated individual that had recently traveled to New York. The patient was not hospitalized. And in Jones County, strays have become such a problem that Sheriff Berlin is asking the Board of Supervisors to come up with some kind of legislation that would hold pet owners more accountable. The Sheriff's Department receives 15 to 20 calls a day about strays, and it's something they're not equipped to deal with. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis
0: your news your talk your weather and your sports all in one place supertalk.fm every show every podcast and every late-breaking story all in one place supertalk.fm
13: this is delbert hoseman your lieutenant governor
2: i'm grace i'm I'm lee i'm charlie i'm ma'am
12: From my family to yours
15: Merry Christmas and Happy New Year!
12: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us every afternoon at 5 o'clock for the college football fix driven by Ford. Speaking of Ford, the Get Holiday Ready sales event is happening now. Visit your local Ford dealer and get the best offers on Ford SUVs and Ford F-Series trucks. America's best selling trucks, 44 years running. Right now is the best time to buy with inventory arriving daily. Get your season started off right during the Get Holiday Ready sales event going on now at your local Mississippi Ford dealers.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert Welcome, welcome to our show On Super Talk Mississippi Okay, now you have a good one
5: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert coming at you live from Stones Jewelry, Tupelo, Mississippi. Beautiful day. The store is packed. Customers in here taking in all this fantastic uh, merchandise that Stones is offering. And uh, the ladies here are taking care of customers. Just love to see these small hometown businesses flourish and, and enjoy and brisk activity and, and sales it's just it's just what America's all about in in my view and i, I just love going around the state seeing this it's it's awesome so randy and starkville says on the ceasefire text line please say hi to my aunt joanne stone and give her a hug for me thank you from randy pinnell we sure will uh, she is busy with a customer right now uh randy but uh when when she's finished we certainly will uh, pass that on greg and Nettleton. Welcome, Gerard, to North Mississippi, God's country brother. Again, welcome, my friend. God bless. Appreciate that, Greg. Glad to be here. Came up last night, went to, uh, attended a little fundraiser last night for Attorney General Lynn Fitch, and uh, got the vehicle and headed on up. Rhino, I can't tell you the number of deer I saw on the trace. I went 55 to 82, cut over, and then caught the trace. Uh, What's that, Mathiston, I think, right in there. Uh, so you're on the trace 60 miles or so, and deer all over the place, and possums. Fortunately, none uh, jumped out in front of my vehicle. Didn't see any bucks. Those, those guys, are uh, they're pretty good about evading people, aren't they?
4: Well, especially now that you got deer season open, they are going to be much more uh, elusive.
5: <laughs> they, they know we humans are after them, huh? I reckon that's the Pretty deal. much. <laughs> but uh I will say I had uh, I saw maybe 4 cars the whole time not surprising cuz it was you know 9:30 or so at night uh, the other thing I observed, uh, when it's uh, cloudy outside in particular, it's dark on the Natchez Trace. <laughs> oh mean, yeah, it's just incredibly dark. Uh, but uh, of course, you've got the the cleared areas before the tree line starts. You know, on the uh, on the shoulders of the road, and the deer just all over the place. So no question that uh, they are plentiful. No surprise there in the state, but they're again pretty good about keeping away from us humans
4: what's really a treat though is if you get on the natchez trace when it's a clear night and you get out there after the sun's gone down and it's gotten nice and dark and you get out into the darker parts of the magnolia state on the trace yeah and you can look up and see so many stars (laughs)
5: Yeah, because you don't have all the ambient light, right? Right. uh, Yeah, it's filtered out uh, or it's so far away, so it's just darker and you, you don't have to look through that to see the star. That's pretty cool. But uh, anyhow, it, it's once again though when driving, it doesn't matter day or night. The state of Mississippi is just beautiful, um, and you, no more is that more evident than when you drive through the Natchez Trace uh, in the state of Mississippi. It's absolutely beautiful. The other thing I noticed is that just in a little bit of a, a, a change, and and uh, I guess our. Uh, we'll see that would be our longitude right as we are further north the trees are a little bit bareer. so just an hour or so north of uh, central mississippi I, I just noted that uh, a lot of the trace there just seemed like most of the leaves were pretty much gone whereas in our neck of the woods there in central mississippi they're still kind of lingering on but just that little bit of change it appears the um, Yesterday, you know, the president and uh, Putin had a little had a little meeting, a Zoom meeting, and I think it's fair to say not a whole lot came out of it, best I can tell. I mean, the, pretty much the uh, the president said, y- "You guys got to back off this Ukraine deal," and uh, and, and and I think threatened. Uh, economic sanctions if that doesn't happen but really not a lot came out of it at the end of the day I was a little surprised expected something I guess with more meat in it but it, it was it's really being described as, as a talk a, a a meeting where there really weren't any breakthroughs in, in the tensions in Ukraine and I think a lot of the military experts feel like it's imminent at this point that Russia is going to just mobilize and and move in and invade Ukraine Uh, and the the results from the United States' perspective, according to what President Biden said yesterday, is that uh, the backlash and the response would be economic sanctions. Not exactly sure what uh, that could entail. Um, but I'm afraid that some of these economic measures would likely have uh, more of an an adverse impact on our European allies more than it would Russia itself. I I think they're somewhat linked, especially when it comes to um, petroleum and oil and the flow of oil from Russia in with the pipeline situation. So it it just didn't... I, I just feel like that Putin senses that Joe Biden is just weak, and uh, heck, it just—you uh, don't have to be uh, a genius to see that our military and the Biden administration is is more obsessed with and consumed with climate change and and uh, wokeness in our military than they are fulfilling their their mission as charge which is is protecting and securing this nation and in and in, in by extension really the world uh, so I, you just feel like that they sense that and they're seizing upon that and leveraging that weakness for their own personal gain We'll see where that goes. But that all happened yesterday. Something else we talked about with the senator is that the, the uh, senator McNa- McMahon, who was just on, is that the, the last element of the Biden vaccine mandates the uh, federal court has struck that down. That is here by history. At least there is a stay on it at this point. So the, the three major aspects of that all struck down. It was just dumb to do it to start with. Uh, we'll, I think ultimately that heads to the Supreme Court, and I feel like the Supreme Court w- will uphold the lower court's decisions, and this thing will be will be history. What a what a bunch of just hoopla for nothing at the end of the day. I mean, nothing really just comes of it, it it just consumes a lot of cycles, creates a lot of consternation, a lot of angst, a lot of backlash, just doesn't make any sense. One thing that did surprise me, uh, Rhino, is that in, in a couple of polls that Americans it's about half and half Americans' uh, support for vaccine mandates. I was a little surprised about that that um, most voters um, reject it, but it's but it's a, by a slim margin. I think it's uh, just a few points, and this is a Washington Times poll that I'm looking at. Washington Times, uh, they poll 4,000 registered voters, and it was, um, they, they do not support, uh, the, the voters do not support vaccine mandates for police departments and police forces. They think that's ridiculous because we already have a problem making sure that our police departments are properly staffed, uh, as well as other public service institutions and agencies such as fire departments. So they they, they roundly reject that, uh, but about half and half overall, voters support some sort of federal mandates. Now, you can read into that what you will with respect to the accuracy of polls, but a, a little, little surprising uh, in that respect that that was the outcome of uh, that. Such polls. This is a story that I thought was really crazy. While we're on the subject of uh, vaccines and vaccine mandates and so forth, and we've made it very clear here on the program, we uh, support uh, the the idea and the concept of uh, vaccines as being of uh, value and useful. But we believe those are personal decisions and should not be mandated by the government at this point. Uh, given the emergency use authorization under which these vaccines came about and, uh, and just that it should not occur at the federal government level, the, these are uh, vaccination requirements now um, in, in law come from the state level. But how about this? In Los Angeles, a mother reported that her son had been vaccinated at a school without her consent in exchange for pizza. In exchange for pizza, thirteen-year-old son came home with a vaccine card after uh, a saying yes, agreeing to be vaccinated in exchange for pizza.
4: I mean, and you put a pizza party or an ice cream party at the end of just about anything arduous, you can get an elementary school kid to do it.
5: <laughs> well, this multiplication is multiplication uh... tables, ice cream party. They'll learn them in a heartbeat. <laughs> so. This is uh, kind of the the irony of this deal, is that the school is Barack Obama Global Prep Academy School in South L.A. (laughs) Just unbelievable. So the Unified School District sent a message to parents to get their children over the age of 12 before January 10th. Uh, Students who are not vaccinated and do not have a valid exemption by that date will have to follow classes through virtual online learning. That's in the Los Angeles Unified School District. But exchanging pizza for a vaccine, that's just incredible. Wow. We shall step aside take a break right here. We'll come back with more talk, and uh, someone from Stone's Jewelry is going to join us. might be Joanna Stone herself. Joanne Stone, stay with us.
16: 5.
7: This is the Morning market Report for the Supertalk Mississippi AgriNews Network. I'm Bob Sullender. Stocks are soaring this morning. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 554 points to 35,781. The NASDAQ is up 443 points to 15,665. The S&P 500 is up 97 to 46,89. From the New York Cotton Exchange, March Cotton is down 13 cents to 106,88. The May Cotton is down 22 cents to 105.45. At the Chicago Board of Trade, January soybeans are down 8 to 12,53 and a half a bushel. March Soy Beans are down three and three quarters to twelve sixty-two and three quarters a bushel. March corn is down two five eighty-one and a half a bushel. May corn is down two to five eighty-four a bushel. At the mercantile, February live cattle are down sixty-five to one thirty-nine. April live cattle are down fifty-five cents to one forty-two thirty-two. January live feeders are down twenty-seven cents to one sixty-four ninety-seven. And March live feeders are down forty-seven cents to one sixty-seven forty-seven. For the Super Tall Mississippi Agri-News Network, I'm Bob Sullinger.
1: Y'all listen up.
14: The up,
5: Welcome back everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi back with you broadcasting live from Stone's Jewelry, Tupelo, Mississippi. Beautiful day. Customers are flooding in this place. Making their selections and uh, going home likely with some Christmas gifts for their loved ones or special others. And it's just so good to see the brisk uh, activity. Uh, before us in the store and joining us now, Miss Joanne Stone, owner of Stones Jewelry. Thanks for coming on, Miss Miss Stone.
2: Well, thanks for having us. I tell you what, it's been a blessing. I listen to you all every day.
5: Well, we appreciate that. <laughs> we hope you enjoy it. We appreciate it. I'm so impressed with the activity in the oh, store today. It's awesome.
2: Well, it's for a good cause, you know. Yep. We're supporters of Sanctuary Hospice. and. And with what they do for the people around here and everywhere else, it's just amazing what they do for us, and And we greatly appreciate it. Fourth
5: annual benefit day. Yes. For Sanctuary Hospice. Uh, Stones for Sanctuary is how it is styled. And so we're asking folks to bring a new unused blanket or make a monetary donation to be registered for drawings each hour.
2: Yes, that is true. And I hope the people do make. The donations, because it's very helpful, I'm sure, to the people that need it all the time.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Miss Stone, how long have you guys been in business? Oh,
2: since 1976, and wow. that would be about 45 years.
5: That is awesome. So, to what do you attribute your longevity, I mean, for a, for a small business like that? Uh, locally owned and operated, to persevere for such a long period of time. You guys must be doing something right.
2: Well, we hope and pray that we are. (laughs) Well, my husband, which... God bless his, and rest his soul, he's mm-hmm. been gone 23 years, but he loved people, and he loved this business, and at the time of his death, we had five jewelry stores, and wow. how we survived after that, I don't know, but wow. with the help of the Lord, that's yep. all. That Absolutely. Was. But he instilled in us, and my daughter, which is here with me, and my wonderful help that we have. I couldn't be here without them
5: that's awesome so you're so right you talk about your late husband who really loved people this is a people business I mean what you're selling jewelry and and a lot of folks need help when they come in the store to make those selections to figure out just what's right so they need some expertise and someone that'll spend some time walk them through that I've observed that occurring <laughs> in the store today
2: well I love, I love the background, and they loved that front, so I pay the bills <laughs> and, and get the mail uh, and yes everything. Yes, ma'am, I understand. <laughs> uh. But anyway, it's been fun, and I wouldn't want to go home. I, I wouldn't care if the good Lord calls me home from right here. I wouldn't be... All right.
5: <laughs> well, it's. Uh, have you been at this location? For that? We've
2: been here probably 35, 40 wow. years right at it because wow. we, we opened in South Tela okay. in 1976, August of
5: 76. Okay. Yeah. So. Not far here in North Mississippi. Right. Uh, and in this location here. So now I've been hearing the trains uh, go back mm-hmm. and forth, but it, it hasn't been that bad for the first hour here. But well, before we got on the air, a lot of train traffic out there.
2: Tuesdays, I think, is the worst day. Okay. Tuesday. We <laughs> we're gonna pick on Wednesday when y'all come back, cause it's not as bad on Wednesday. All right. So how's business been? Been wonderful. That's all. Awesome. We've been blessed. Absolutely. That's all I can say.
5: What uh, What's popular?
2: You never know. You just <laughs> they walk in, and you know it may be a loose diamond. It may be wanting to reset. Okay. We do a lot of custom work. Okay. uh You know. Um, remounting people's jewelry and yeah. stuff and that would be one of the big things. Uh, diamond earrings and pendants would be the next one. And then bracelets, you know, diamond bracelets, so and, you, you never know.
5: And right where we're sitting here in the corner of the store, lots of Ole Miss and Mississippi State Absolutely. merchandise as well. Absolutely. Really good looking stuff.
2: I love both of them. I'm got, a state fan, okay. but if we're not playing Ole Miss, I'm pulling for okay. them. <laughs>
5: well that's good that's good to hear so uh, what's the inventory and selection of like it looks pretty good to me
2: we we strive to have a good inventory we have some good companies that we deal with and and uh, that makes it all happen too. you know if we need something the customer comes in and wants we try to find it for them and usually That happens, and that's a good thing. (laughs) I'm
5: just curious as as, uh, to whether or not these uh, supply chain shortages that seem to have beset virtually every industry, has that been an issue for you guys as well?
2: Not not as bad as it has some things, because we kind of looked ahead, and we did buy maybe more than we should have, but we did.
5: <laughs> I'm betting you're going to sell it, though. Well, Washington we got
2: Valentines, of, you know, right, right after Christmas, so it it works out all right. Miss the shortage the shortage of things is batteries. People come in oh, okay. watch batteries. Would you not believe? How about that? You'd you got to have those; these
5: watches stop running. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Miss Stone. We uh, are so proud to be here. You got a great business, and uh, we uh, congratulate you on all your success. Miss well, Joanne Stone has been our guest.
2: Thank George, you did so much.
5: Thank you, ma'am. Good. We'll take a break right here when we come back. We've got uh, Super Talk News, Fox News, and then uh, John Caldwell, Northern District Transportation Commissioner, on the program. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601 345 8090.
11: i'm chris
12: foster president biden says putting american troops on the ground against russia is off the table then russian president vladimir putin describes their talk yesterday as constructive he says russia has proposals for the u.s
1: and will send them within a week the video call was arranged after the u.s accused russia of potentially planning to invade ukraine putin said it's provocative to suggest russia is preparing to attack but he underscored russian opposition to any prospect of ukraine potentially joining nato fox's simon owen
12: There are a lot of help wanted signs out there with more businesses expanding and competing for workers. The Labor Department reports 11 million job openings in October. That's close to the record set in July.
8: The Labor Department says roughly 4.2 million workers quit their jobs in October, a quit rate of 2.8 percent, down slightly from September. That includes people who stopped working, but also people with new jobs.
12: Fox's Jenny Casola, America's listening to Fox News.
8: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Talk Mississippi News. Department of Transportation Executive Director Brad White has been on the job since July 1st. White says there are some positive things that have taken place in the last six months, but there are some challenges which could be overcome with the appropriate resources. From
9: appropriate and competitive wages for our staff and our team, being able to provide our people with the compensation that would allow for them to reach for the American dream and support their families and, and do all the things that all of us want to do, but also having the resources as an agency to carry out our mission of providing an efficient and effective transportation system.
8: An amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act passed the House. Congressman Stephen Palazzo voted in favor of the amendment, which includes his legislation, the National Guard and Reserve Incentive Pay Parity Act. Palazzo said it will give Guard and Reserve members the same specialized pay as their active duty counterparts for completing the same job and mission. I'm Andy Davis.
15: And action. Our favorite restaurant's open again.
14: I'm so pumped to be back on campus.
8: So happy the kids will be
15: back in school.
14: What? <laughs> Stop.
15: Wait, I can't do this. Life is not back to normal. COVID is not over. I got my shot. Are you guys even vaccinated? The only way to beat this thing is for us all to be vaccinated. I mean the variants are deadly. So please, please, please do it today.
0: A message from the Mississippi State
3: Department of Health. My son is not some statistic. My daughter's not a headline. My girl, she's not someone's agenda. What he, what she is, is irreplaceable. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. So
14: I talked to my daughter's doctor about COVID vaccines.
17: She said they're highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths, even from the Delta variant. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
8: Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott is the Cowboys nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. It's considered the league's most prestigious honor and recognizes an NFL player for outstanding community service activities off the field as well as excellence on the field. The winner will be announced during NFL Honors, which airs the Thursday before the Super Bowl on ABC. To see more about Dak's nomination, visit supertalk.fm. And when the breakaway returned to New Orleans from a Caribbean cruise Sunday, 17 passengers tested positive for COVID, including a crew member suspected of contracting the Omicron variant. A couple of Coast residents were on board. Susan Russell, who is Chief Nursing Officer at Singing River Health Systems, and her husband Eddie. Everyone on board was required to be vaccinated, and all the cases have been mild with few to no symptoms. As for Russell and her family, they all tested negative. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
15: go with the home
3: team. If your travels include a trip to the Delta this holiday season, you'll spot a beautiful Mississippi Delta town along historic Highway 61 called Cleveland. Southern Living and Smithsonian both say Cleveland is one worth visiting. Great restaurants, great holiday shopping, the Grammy Museum, and of course the 50 Nights of Lights, where downtown Cleveland sparkles with over a million shining lights. So come on, Mississippi. Hop in your sleigh and visit Cleveland now through January 2nd for the legendary 50 the Knights of Lights.
17: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert, here on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Back on midday, Super Talk, Mississippi. Gerard Gibbard coming at you live from Tupelo, Mississippi. We are broadcasting from Stone's Jewelry today beautiful day up here if you're in the area come by and see us we're on Main Street downtown Tupelo the store is packed with all kinds of great merchandise for your Christmas selections and the ladies here do a fantastic job servicing the customers and really enjoyed talking to Miss Joanne Stone and, and learning about the history of uh, of the the company, it's uh, fantastic. Just love to see them enjoying all this success. But joining us now on the program, John Caldwell, Northern District Transportation Commissioner. Thanks for coming on, Commissioner. Uh, thank you, Gerard. It's good uh, good to be here. Yes, sir. All right. So, what's going on in your world these days?
18: Well, of course, <laughs> and we're all enjoying the sunshine. A beautiful yeah. day, beautiful uh, jewelry here around us. So it's a uh, uh, you know, trying to see what we could do to, to make that federal infrastructure program work for us. Uh, that's kind of our, our biggest challenge
5: for now. Well, we talked earlier with Senator Chad McMahon about the $1.8 billion uh, that the state uh, legislature will be busy appropriating. Uh, down uh, often to uh, a, a great to a great deal of that to, down to the the road and bridge and infrastructure level, which will of course affect your agency, your department, your group what what do you hear and uh, there's some restrictions on how that money can be be used as you know a, a lot of it is earmarked for water infrastructure uh, sure. but we also had money already from the CARES Act and and, uh, and some of the other covid relief that did in fact directly affect and was was available for direct use of roads and bridges so yeah we're got some
18: money. We have some money. Yeah, uh, it's it's very limited, okay. and and a lot of people are going around acting like we have more than we have. So that's kind <laughs> of kind of hard to to figure out how to to get the messaging across. But yeah, yeah we we have a plus up on existing federal programs that is is going to basically help us with inflation. It probably won't even keep up with inflation hmm. because it the money the numbers they throw around are scattered out over five years, spread out. And that makes it, and it's old and new money combined. Okay. So we're we're trying to figure out a way to make an impact because it's not like having a flat budget like we've had for the last 12 years. Okay. So it, there is it is good to see some federal money coming in. The state's starting to look at what level of commitment. And you mentioned Senator McMahon; he's yep. a great supporter of of infrastructure improvements in North Mississippi. And and so we're excited about the possibilities but we also are kind of tempering the expectations because it's it's not earth-shattering amounts of money like some people like to
5: think it is. So anecdotally Commissioner I hear that uh, pushing through uh, federal funded projects is an arduous bureaucratic task that can take a long time and that you may have money available uh... but the reality of when that uh... it, it kind of hits the bank accounts and you could start putting shovels in the ground is usually a, a good bit later that's <laughs> true but we're, we haven't been sitting idle okay. you know, the,
18: the previous commissioners have been working on projects long before i got elected and so there are projects that are Uh, Further along, we're not not starting from scratch. Okay. So that's a good thing. Uh, The federal money does have strings attached to it. There's also some new environmental regulations that we're watching how we need to do that. They're going to add cost. So when you add the additional cost from the the new administration's rules and the additional cost due to just straight inflation, um, we're not going to see a dramatic change unless the state of Mississippi comes in and, and adds to our... Our revenue, because our, our our revenue at the department is a special fund agency, right? And and so when when you start hearing big numbers about the general fund, that doesn't apply to us, right? Our our actual state funds have been dropping off, while our federal funds have been creeping up. And so we've been flat at about a $1.2 billion budget for the last 12 years. And that uh, most of that revenue, Commissioner, comes from uh, fuel taxes? Yes, al- almost all of almost it. Almost all of it, uh, there, right. There's a few other little things. But most of our money is either state or federal fuel tax. And we're very aware that the f- fuel tax numbers are dropping
5: off. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of the volume of travel is down? the
18: volume of travel is down, but also fuel mileage rates are better. More efficient vehicles. More efficient vehicles, and we're getting ready to go to uh, some electric vehicles. Um, You know, we're trying to put stuff on trains and and try to get the heavier stuff off the roads at times. So, you know, that that affects our fuel tax. So um, as we become more efficient, we also have more challenges
5: on our money. Yeah, I, I, I think if you really look at the funding structure as it stands today, it's clearly at risk Absolutely. I mean, when you think about it. So it's, at some point, we, we've got to start talking about uh, alternative ways to, to funding uh, our and, road and bridge infrastructure.
18: And, you know, in, in the political world, you know, we have the hard right and hard left and everybody in the middle. <laughs> the full spectrum wants a good road they want a safe bridge whether it's driving a school bus across it or or they're just going on vacation or whether they're going to work or going to church going it's just a fundamental part of what government does provide sure
5: and we have to do our part to make sure that it's uh, sufficient yeah should also point out that uh, you get eighty million dollars a year from the Mississippi Lottery Corporation. We we have uh, uh, exceeded the uh, net proceeds threshold there, so the full eighty million that, in accordance with the law, is allocated to the um, state highway fund. You know the, the to...
18: irony there is uh, there's a lot of criticism on on the eighty-seven plan that it didn't adjust for inflation. Yeah, uh, the eighty million doesn't either. No, I understand. So, so we're going to do less right. with the so, same I mean, eighty million. You've got million. a one
5: point two billion dollar budget and you get 80 million dollars from the lottery so right at the end of the day and, and I point that out uh, first because it is something it's more than zero it's making uh, a difference and I'll it does what, make a difference the, the
18: ones who, who made that happen you know my hats off to them because it has made a huge difference I don't know what we would
5: have done without it yeah well that's good to hear because it, it comes under criticism and you hear a lot of folks say well we were told if we pass this thing this will fix all the roads and bridges nobody really ever said that it was just said that this would be a, a method uh, a mechanism to produce more money for the state right. there's,
18: n- there's no magic wands yeah. uh, and we need to look at, at the different pieces and parts that are going to build our infrastructure, not just for today and catch up for some of the bad maintenance that we've suffered through, but also looking at the future and what the expectations are going to be Yeah.
5: How, how, how does your uh, agency, how does your group go about, Commissioner determining which projects you take on organically internally and which of those that you subcontract out to third parties well we're in a people business
18: I mean, we do have a, a, a data crunchers everywhere trying to help us decide how to prioritize those things and what goes out uh, on a, a, a contract and what we can do internally we're able to do less and less internally because our personnel is dropping off i mean we we don't pay enough to be competitive and we're losing some of our senior people, we're losing uh, some of the junior people that are coming in and realizing their checks are just too small for what's out there in the competitive world and so we have some personnel issues that are shortchanging our ability to do in-house work whether it's uh, the hard labor or whether it's the engineering uh, some of the planning and everything that that we do in-house We're pushing more of it out just because of the nature of of our limits as human beings. Hmm.
5: So are are you an advocate or proponent one way or another of of how that mix and that balance should work? Do, Do you think it makes more sense to try to do more of that internally if you could in fact find and hire and employ the staff, which would likely mean you'd have to raise pay? Yeah, we would definitely have to raise pay to be able
18: to re- to hire people. We're tr- we're trying to hire now and having difficulties. So just just um, keeping the, like we're going is not going to work. I got you. Uh, if we're going to do it internally, it's gonna it's going to be costly up front and save us in the long run. Uh, but we need to know that we have a revenue stream that'll that'll meet that need. Yeah. And right now we don't. Yeah. So the going to the contract. Uh, Personnel, whether it's contract paving or contract engineers, uh, that's a huge flexibility for us, where we can just say no, or we can say, "Hey, we got something going, let's get it done." So, so I'm I'm a kind of a fan of a, a
5: both and, uh, not trying to say either or. I got you. So to those who might say, well, the the Department of Transportation could operate more efficiently and that would free up more money for more projects, what are your thoughts about that? You're in the middle of that.
18: Sure. Uh, I think that's a a good discussion to have. I think we need to have that discussion. We need to have it on the air. We need to have it in in the – Legislation. We need to have it uh, across the street at M. D. O. T. and sure. up and down the up and down the hallways of our offices and how we can be more efficient. Uh, which part does need to be farmed out and what we need to do in house and and it's a um, it's a good debate to have and we need to come up with a better solution for the people that we work for. I got you.
5: Well, we appreciate you coming on here, Commissioner. It's uh, been a pleasure talking to you and and uh, good luck and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Same to you. We'll take a break right here. We're at Stone's Jewelry in Tupelo, Mississippi. Middays will come right back.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, cloudy skies, then clearing, high near 64. Tonight, increasing clouds, a little around 50 degrees. Your Thursday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 74. And for your finally Friday, a 40% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high all the way up to 81. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com.
6: Stop. David Cox here, Omar Financial. Do you have a 401k, IRA, retirement, or CD coming due? We can help with market-like
9: returns and zero risk. Call David Cox, 957-3841, 957-3841 now. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast
7: Jackson is at Fourth Goal Sports Cafe, the Philly Cheese Steak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. 83.
9: Carter Jewelers is buying our diamonds from some of the biggest diamond producers in the world. We're using the best manufacturers to produce what I know is the finest quality jewelry ever made with no equal in finish and detail. Eliminating importers, wholesalers, and expensive branding, bringing our customers the best jewelry ever made at incredible prices. At Carter Jewelers Christmas Sale, we've got smoking hot deals all over the store. Over a thousand pieces with second and third markdowns galore. 18 months interest free financing, no credit check financing, layaway and trade in welcome. We're Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson, at the corner of State Street and High Street and the Pemberton Plaza in Vicksburg. With Carter Jewelers' massive selection, quality, and incredible pricing, why would you ever want to shop anyplace else?
14: Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful
19: events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free no obligation estimate.
12: Across. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. The talk
0: that keeps Mississippi talking. rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
4: and
5: yeah. and we are back midday super talk mississippi we're coming at you live from stones of jewelry and tupelo mississippi a beautiful day up here stop by come see us great jewelry from which to select uh, for that special gift for your special person in your life uh, or persons as the case may be. So uh, some tax rolling in, they waste more time, six in a truck on a one-man job, pay nothing, get nothing. You know, that's on the ceasefire text line talking about uh, the Department of Transportation this is, a, I think, a conversation that does need to occur, as, as the commissioner said, and, and I will share that, that uh, after the interview we were offline, he, he talked about the, the staffing level, which is about 30% of what it, what it should be, and there are all sorts of regulations with respect to safety protocols and, and safety procedures that must be followed as well that often do require uh, more people. Uh, than it seems to be necessary to complete certain jobs but uh, you know we had uh, Commissioner Brad Wright on on the program a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about this as well and and I'm sure we'll have him back soon and, and discuss this but I think the bottom line is we we don 't know I, that's that 's a kind of a source of frustration I think for the average citizen is there 's just not a lot of information produced and generated with respect to uh, just the business operations if you will uh, of such an agency the department of transportation i 'm a little shocked that it 's able to take care of its business is the Department of transportation on a one point two billion dollar uh, budget, and uh, that that seems kind of low, uh, in my view. When you compare that to the general fund, which is six, six billion, it's just hard to believe that 1.2 billion takes care of the entire uh, road and bridge infrastructure uh, requirements in the state. You also heard Brad White, a commissioner, um, s- some time ago, when he was on the program about a month ago, was was was. Uh, was talking about the the, um, the systems that are in place that determine when roads should be repaired, um, it, it, the various kinds of procedures that they undertake to dig up roads, repave them, et cetera, especially on asphalt. And, and, and basically, those are all timed out, and, and, the, and they also consider traffic and lots of other inputs as well to make the determination of when that should occur. And uh, what what Brad said, what Commissioner White said, was that uh, actually he's the executive director. What he said was that we don't have enough money to to take action when uh, it is called for on certain roads and uh, bridges. So that is that is certainly an issue. Um, Thomas and Greenwood uh, basically, I think, is of the opinion that we should eliminate government altogether. I think that's. That's my analysis. What do you think, Rhino? It it seems to always be what uh, Thomas is promoting. Uh, He basically says roads and bridges are overfunded, and education is overfunded. He says too much money is likely flowing to people in high places. What do you mean by that, Thomas? You have some proof of that. Who who in high places? Be specific. Don't just say people. Give me the names. Give me their positions. I'm not saying you're wrong, but just don't talk in the abstract. Who? What? How much? And, And let us know. So, uh, because I, I think that's, that's worth exp- exploring. Yes, I am totally familiar with Auditor Shad White's uh, analysis of the uh, MDOT uh, performance as published. I appreciate you sending that to me, but I remember when it, this was produced and uh, analyze that in detail. Um, you know, this is this is something that I think should be discussed at, at greater length. Uh, I think the concern I have is that it just doesn't really produce a lot. At the end of the day this doesn't generate uh, a, a great deal of money. Uh, it, it's it's cer- Certainly these are some changes and adjustments that should be undertaken, no question about it, but the extent to which that uh, would really I guess allow us to cut the budget, uh, I'm, not, I'm not really on board with that because we, we've got the folks to the extent they're, they're saying that, uh, and we believe them, the commissioners and the executive director, that we're understaffed, we don't have enough staff, we've got equipment sitting idle because we don't have people to operate it, and that costs money as well. And then we've got the, the issue of not being able to retain people because state government doesn't pay them uh, comparable wages to the private sector for similar work. I've witnessed that in the IT industry uh, for a long time, and so all that kind of adds up to a, a predicament where, well, yeah, perhaps we could free up some, some money uh, by improving efficiencies, but that money would just go to, to fund some of the deficiencies in the organization. So. Anyhow, uh, you know, it's certainly a debate that needs to keep uh, keep on the, on the table there. It needs to be discussed, and we need all parties and all hands in the room to talk about it. Let's let's bring in the folks that prepared uh, the third party that produced this audit that came out of the State Department of Audit uh, on the operations of the organization. Let's bring in the commissioners. Let's bring in the managers. Let's bring them all in. Let's bring the legislature. I mean, I'm all for that, and let, let's see if we can really uh, carve out some... Um, unnecessary costs and and uh, improve the efficiencies of the organization. All, all for that. Absolutely. But I, I think when everybody just kind of goes to their corner and, and talks about their own views and their own ideas and their own positions, I just don't think that 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 is achieving anything. Uh, Thomas says instead of a death by a thousand cuts we should have conservativeness through a thousand cuts. You want one big savings, I'll settle for a hundred small cuts. I think the problem is the uh, the economies of scale in that, Thomas, that the money you spend making some of those cuts, I just know that from personal business experience, often ends up costing more in the long run. You really don't achieve anything. In fact, it ends up costing more because you spent so much Time and money, and so much effort in just trying to make small changes that don't really amount to anything. It's 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 petty cash, uh, de minimis at the end of the day. So that's it's kind of what my concerns are uh, when you get like that again. I, you know, having run a business 33 years, I've, I'm all familiar with. Um, operating with uh, m- at minimum expense but also know you've got to talk about and you've got to be aware of, of what's practical and uh, what is marketable and what is sustainable so it's there's a fine line there there's truly a, a balance there that has to be considered um, Bo in Indianola asked a question. Rhino, I'm not familiar with this. Um, the Express Grain just heard this morning, those farmers in tough spots. The guy you yeah, I'm not sure what he's talking about. You know anything about that? Bo in Indianola. Appreciate that, Bo. Not the foggiest. Sorry I don't keep up that, with grain prices, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that uh, farmers are saying that the cost of uh, operating and uh, virtually all the inputs into the farming process and the production of, uh, of crops and uh, cattle etc are all rising as a result of inflation. I, read it, I did read a report on that yesterday and it is disturbing because that typically has to be passed on into the grocery store or to the restaurants and when you're doing that Uh, that means all of our costs go up at the cash register so that seems to be just one of those things that is lingering out there that um, i guess is staining the biden administration and, and burdening it they seem to be totally oblivious to it and are convinced that their build back better plan is the solution to that of course like we said yesterday COVID is the cause for every problem in the country, maybe in the world, and the Build Back Better plan, according to uh, the Biden administration, is the solution to every problem in the world. It's just nuts how, how he's running around promoting that. I did want to make a clarification about this poll where half of Americans backed the vaccine or test mandate. It, it, specifically, this poll asked this question regarding the private sector. I was surprised that half of the people in this country support the government imposing this mandate from the federal level, at the federal level, on private sector employers. This was an evenly split poll. 48% to 48%. I was shocked at that. So that, And that's from the Wall Street Journal. I, I consider that a, 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 one of the more reputable polling organizations, and they're, they're not one that looks for people that are, are of a particular political philosophy in their polling. In fact, I would say most of the time they end up polling people that are more conservative-oriented. A little shocked at that. Anyhow, Hmm. It is time for a break here on Middays. We are coming at you live from Stone's Jewelry in Tupelo, Mississippi. We appreciate you joining us today. Stay with us. We'll come right back.
9: back. I'll never, never let it go. It back for me.
4: Hey, hey, Santa Claus. Hey, Santa Claus. Hey, Santa Claus.
3: What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, wh- what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth.
0: Hey, there's hair!
3: Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from
5: 10 till noon. The Rogue has been serving families in Jackson for over five decades. As we return to life, return to work, church, football, etc., let the Rogue get the men in your life ready for all occasions. We have the latest in game day gear for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and USM. Last-minute needs for a party? We have three on-site tailors to take care of any last-minute needs. Complimentary alterations and gift wrap with every purchase. Our employees have over 150 years of experience at the Rogue Serving
11: Mississippians. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture. The Mississippi Farmers Market presents a Merry Market Saturday, December 11th. It's a holiday event where you'll find all the usual fresh Mississippi produce and other farm goods, along with arts and crafts, perfect for all your Christmas needs needs. Shop the genuine Mississippi store, vendor giveaways, complimentary treats, food trucks and a special appearance from Santa. Visit your Mississippi Farmers Market, 929 High Street, December 11th from 8 to 1 and celebrate. The holiday's with us.
2: I'm Lauren McGraw with got go. I'm here to help you with your construction site. We have many different options, such as portable toilets, handicap units, hand washers, eye washers, and also
16: roll-off dumpsters. When you gotta go, please call Gotta Go. 601-879-3969.
17: Make your home merrier this Christmas. Ms. Kelly's has thousands of products in stock and ready for you. Plus, with no money down financing and savings up to $300, we're furnishing happiness for the holidays. A new bedroom, a roomier dining set, or more seating in the family room. There's plenty to choose from on our website or in our showrooms. Then pick it up or have it delivered, and your furniture will arrive before Santa. Make this Christmas your merriest at Miss Kelly's.
7: um
8: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Talk Mississippi News. Department of Transportation Executive Director Brad White has been on the job since July 1st. White says there are some positive things that have taken place in the last six months, but there are some challenges which could be overcome with the appropriate resources. From
9: appropriate and competitive wages for our staff and our team, being able to provide our people with the compensation that would allow for them to reach for the American Dream and support their families and, and do all the things that all of us want to do, but also having the resources as an an agency to carry out our mission of providing an efficient and effective transportation system.
8: An amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act passed the House, Congressman Stephen Palazzo voted in favor of the amendment, which includes his legislation, the National Guard and Reserve Incentive Pay Parity Act. Palazzo said it will give Guard and Reserve members the same specialized pay as their active duty counterparts for completing the same job and mission. I'm Andy Davis.
0: Nobody covers the Magnolia State like Supertalk. Supertalk Mississippi News is your source for all things Mississippi. Stay here and hear the stories that matter. Supertalk Mississippi News. Online at supertalk.fm.
13: Christmas is my favorite time of the year, a time for faith and family. This is Delbert Hoseman, and I'm so blessed to serve as your lieutenant governor. From my family to yours.
14: Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
0: Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
8: Frosty the Snowman was a jolly, happy soul. With a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty oh, the snowman there's a fairy tale they say he was made of snow, Welcome
5: back everyone midday, midday Super Talk Mississippi back on the air broadcasting live from Tupelo Mississippi where it's stones of jewelry today uh, enjoying the weather and the company been a great day so far and expect to have a great rest of the program as well So about this situation with express grain, did a little research, appreciate uh, members of our audience for texting in and calling attention to that. So it appears that what happened is a number of farmers who essentially sold their grain to this express grain. I guess they're an, an aggregator, the best I can tell. Anyhow, they've gone bankrupt. Bottom line is these farmers produce this grain and it uh, it was delivered, and Express Grain was uh, struggling financially, and essentially they uh, they went bankrupt. So it appears that a total loans were first extended to Express Grain in 2015. And they were refinanced a number of times since then. The total balance owed of 70 million as of September of this year. 37 million is the balance of a revolving loan. So they had um, standard notes and then revolving credit as well. And then 33 million, essentially 33. I, I take it back. 70 million total. 37 on a revolving loan and 33 on a term loan is the way it shook out. So a total of 70. And uh, they didn't manage that uh, accordingly. And so that the bank sent, essentially called it and forced them to put up some collateral, including the grain. And they uh, they couldn't do it. It's just just crazy. You know, I just wonder if there's some wrongdoing committed here, some uh, potentially some fraud or, or, or other, I don't know if it'd be fraud or what it would be exactly, but Something illegal that occurred. But the bottom line is, best I can tell, about four hundred million dollars. This is what I'm seeing is uh, owed to these farmers. Uh, I take it back. Thirty-three million four hundred farmers are expected to uh, be part of those customers uh, who might lose this business so those farmers that might uh, excuse excuse me lose this money so anyhow details are a little sketchy best i can find on this information would certainly be interested to know if anybody could uh, deliver any additional details but anyhow the uh what a mess that is uh the (laughs) these farmers are going to be taken down and apparently not compensated for grain that they that they delivered i mean this was a a legal contract and one of the parties here is not honoring their uh, their part of the contract their side of the contract best i can tell so wow uh and it looks like um, it, according to some at least feel like that and these are mainly farmers in the delta and this this grain elevator group express grain appears to be set to leaving about 400 farmers without being paid for the grain they delivered to them and this is a result of the express grain going bankrupt because the bank called their note it just looks like between them and the bank something wasn't handled correctly Uh, and I don't think the the farmers had any idea this was uh, possible. Wow some uh, one of the farmers actually said if I'm looking at this right we're paid for a, with a bogus check four hundred ten thousand dollars Wow hundred and thirty farmers are listed in the bankruptcy case but it, it is expected that as many as 400 are getting shafted here this is a big old problem and we'll uh, try to do our best to stay uh, on top of that Yeah, so uh, um, on the ceasefire tax line, the grain elevator in the Delta is taking $1,700 million in grain and not paying for them. Yeah, exactly. So big-time lawsuits coming. the problem is when you file these lawsuits, unless this, this group that went bankrupt that stiffed these farmers has got any assets and money uh, or way to liquidate, to produce money, it's just, I don't know what you can expect in terms of uh, compensating these farmers for these for these losses, That's so the courts will have to sort that out, and it'll be an incredibly complicated matter. And if there's wrongdoing here, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, they need to pay the price for it, and they they need to uh, the farmers need to be compensated, and uh, this this thing needs to be made right. Again, the concern is that there's no assets uh, that could be liquidated to cover these losses. Man big old problem so we will we don't want to see the farmers uh, take it on the chin here and we, we don't I don't like to see any business that is wrong by another business like that a business-to-business transaction that just that stinks big time I, <laughs> I personally felt the the blow of, um, of a couple of customers uh, thank God knock on wood only a couple in my 33 year career uh, that, uh, that actually stiffed us and, and didn't fully disclose their financial condition and position and made all kinds of representations. And two weeks later, they're bankrupt, and, and we, uh, we lost a bunch of money doing that. So, bad deal. We uh, also wanted to pass on a, an interesting story about Honda. Have you seen this one, Rhino? Honda hoods are just arbitrarily opening. And they're recalling SUVs and pickups because these hoods. I know we mentioned this the other day, but we're saying it's 788,000 vehicles that are subject to just having the hood open uh, while, while the vehicle is operating. And this could be incredibly dangerous of course if a hood comes up and you can't see so they're recalling them we just want to get this information out if you own one of these vehicles uh, please take it in and and get it serviced this recall covers 2019 passports certain ones of them 2016 through 2019 pilots and 2017 through 2020 Ridgeline pickups so if you've got one of those uh, please know that you're at risk of the hood opening up uh, yeah it doesn't randomly.
4: seem like it's a very good time for uh, the small to midsize SUVs because Ford has a recall for over a hundred thousand escapes and Broncos
5: having problems wow. with their brakes oh wow yeah that's not good uh, burger King you know who those guys are huh? they're celebrating the Whoppers 64th birthday 64th 64 years ago and they're doing so by dropping the price of the iconic burger the Whopper to 37 cents I'm trying to figure out exactly when that's gonna happen um, but anyhow they've, they've made this announcement and uh, that is incredible. So you're going back to the price they're saying of, of when the thing was. It's supposed to be this that? Friday. Is this Friday. Okay, thank you. So the $0.37 cent price, I think, is uh, what they say is essentially equivalent to the price in the, in the dollar value of the day in 1957 when they introduced the Whopper. How about that? Yeah,
4: and that's you can't cool. just roll through the drive-thru and get a 37-cent Whopper. You've got to do it through the app or on the website first. Oh, okay. It's a coupon. Okay.
5: Well, that's pretty cool. I think that's a kind of a neat way to call attention to it. 64 years, hard to believe, the Whopper has been around. Uh, another little bit of news that uh, was rather shocking came out of New York last night. The Fox News Corp Christmas tree was uh, set ablaze and uh, golly, News Corp is what they call it. This is on 6th Avenue it happened uh, last night, actually it happened early Wednesday so in the wee hours of the morning there looking at some photos of that and uh, and they've got the person in custody Forty-nine year old, I believe, and this is another individual who's had a host of uh, a lot of problems with the law and a host of other arrests, and I think for I think for drugs and so forth, is uh, thought to be homeless. And the cool thing is that Fox has announced that they intend to uh, put up another tree, like immediately. They're not going to let. They're not going to let these thugs win, and this is another situation where these goofy no-cash bail laws have have allowed this person to be out that probably shouldn't be. And what do they do? They get mad and they go up and commit arson by setting fire to a Christmas tree. I want to see the left now say there's no war on Christmas. I mean, fire a Christmas tree, burn it down? And I don't know if that's what's going on here. Who knows what motivated this fool to get on this Christmas tree and set it ablaze. But it's just terrible. Unbelievable. We appreciate you so much for joining us here. We're broadcasting live from Stones uh, Jewelry in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. We'll come back with a representative from Stones on the program. Stay with us.
17: the new degree of comfort.
12: COVID-19 has had a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, RJ Young is here to help. We provide the key technology solutions to power your business while ensuring safety and productivity in the workplace. Visit rjyoung.com COVID.
1: Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit trustcarehealth.com to schedule an appointment today. Trust Care. Feel better, faster.
14: This is a Midday Agri-Market Report. Terry Branstad, Iowa's former governor, ambassador to China under the Trump administration, said the trade deal signed between the U.S. and China in the early 2020 has been good for the U.S. farmers. He wants the Biden administration to expand the trade deal, though it is set to expire at the end of the year. Despite political challenges involving the U.S. and China, former Ambassador Terry Branstad told Farmers Monday the Biden administration should take or look for ways to extend and improve upon the Phase 1 economic and trade agreement. My advice, he said, is to build on the progress that was made in the previous administration on the phase one deal, which has been very beneficial to American agriculture. You need to see it enforced and need to see it expanded, he said. said was the morning keynote speaker at the 2021 Ag Summit, presenting the speech named in honor of Marcia Zorley Taylor, former executive director, who was passed away in 2017. I'm Dixon Williams, the Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
2: Get that one from
1: Rhino. Who's that? That's Augie Rios.
17: Don't they esta
5: Santa Claus? Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> you're digging the barrel there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. We are coming at you live. It is midday's Gerard Gibbert here? We're in Tupelo, Mississippi. It's Stone's uh, Jewelry. Beautiful day. Come by and see us. Lots of uh, great merchandise from which to select. Uh, you should come on in and make that selection. The folks here are friendly. They're helping. They got a lot of stuff to sell. Come on down. Miss Joanne Stone joins us again. Owner of uh, Stones Jewelry. So looks like it's been a great day so far.
2: Been a wonderful day. Great day. Y'all come on out. We're still here. Going to be for about another hour. Is
5: uh, that about right? Yeah, um, another hour. I just saw the mayor walk in. We got the mayor he's coming got, on. He brought Tom his Jordan.
2: pocketbook. He's going to make a big donation.
5: He, he's <laughs> <laughs> good he needs to make a donation and uh, buy some jewelry why is that it so tell all right so tell us about the stones for sanctuary event that's uh, the benefit date today
2: oh the stones uh, well to
5: the sanctuary hospice yes mm-hmm.
2: well we just thought we've been doing this what what three or four years maybe mm-hmm. i think it is and i think it's a wonderful thing to do it's a blessing when everyone is in need of their care they're always there to help and uh i was speaking with the one of the gentlemen from the hospice house this morning i can't remember his name because i can't remember mine some (laughs) days but uh Please, we beg you to come on out and register and bring a blanket. If you don't have a blanket, please bring your billfold and make a donation. They'll be greatly appreciated if you would do that.
5: Now, sanctuary hospice located here in Tupelo? It is
2: here in Tupelo. It's out west, going toward New Albany. You can't. It's it's a very very nice place. You know, been there several times, visiting, and uh, it's just a
5: wonderful place. All right, so if, if, uh, I don't
2: know how long it's been here though, I really don't.
5: Okay, we'll find out. But uh, if they come in and make a, a donation or they bring in a new or unused blanket, make a monetary donation, they are entered into a drawing. A
2: drawing and there will be a drawing and we have three different drawings and a gift certificate to be given away. We have three gifts and then a monetary gift card. I got you. So, uh, please come out. and. And be a part of this thing today. Awesome. Fourth annual. And if we fourth annual Mm -hmm. and if we can be of help to you in the jewelry needs when you're here looking, come back and we'll see if we can't supply your need for Christmas.
5: Well I see folks coming in here making selections and walking out. Yeah. uh, making purchases. So it's going pretty well.
2: Going pretty good. We appreciate it. And I'll have to say, you, y'all reach out a long ways. I had a call a while ago from a salesman of ours down through the years, which he's retired now from Greenwood, Mississippi. And uh, he said if I got back on the talk again, he said do a shout-out to Wayne Tollison. <laughs> I said, well, I'll do that. So here you go, Wayne. We love you back. That,
5: that is awesome. So you never know who's out there listening, but uh, I suspect you'll have some folks come in here and make some purchases just because they heard us here yeah. on Super Talk in the store, and we're we're proud to be part of it. Uh, I gotta tell you, I just uh, I love to see uh, entrepreneurs and business owners thrive and flourish. It's just it's just great. This is what drives our economy. This is what makes our our communities great places to live and raise families. You guys been doing this. What'd you tell me, Holly? Forty
2: five years. That
5: is just so incredible. Um, and, and so your daughter works in the store too, right? daughter
2: been with us oh probably thirty seven years I think with us. She we had five locations at one time. And yeah. She did the one in New Albany, Mississippi and after her dad passed away, and I tried it for a few years, I said, "Girl, I gotta have you help, or I'm going home." That's awesome. <laughs> so she came in, and we've been here still. So
5: yeah, that. and you've got uh, some other folks that work uh, here in stores. Oh well.
2: Lord, yes, we couldn't. Uh, Morgan Loeb. Uh, we have Kathy Lindsay, and we have Judy West, and we have Jane uh, Wyndham, and. May have some more, I just can't remember.
5: (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. Uh, Well, I've I've been watching them, and I can tell just by looking at their faces. They enjoy what they do. They like helping the customers. They're passionate about it. They're knowledgeable, and uh, they like helping folks. That's what it's all about.
2: They love the attention. Isn't it great? Yes, it is.
5: Well, Ms. Stone, we appreciate you coming on again, and we are enjoying our time here. We're going to step aside for a break right here. we got Super Talk News, Fox News coming your way, and then after that we've got the mayor of Tupelo, Todd i Y'all continue to listen
2: to this man, because I do. I listen to y'all
5: every day. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Stone. Appreciate that. We'll take a break. We'll come right back.
12: Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden says he warned Russian President Vladimir Putin there will be unprecedented economic sanctions if his military invades Ukraine.
1: The president says the U.S. would also reinforce a troop presence in NATO countries and provide Ukraine with defensive equipment. But a U.S. military response is not on the table.
14: The idea of the United States is going to unilaterally use force to confront Russia invading Ukraine is not
17: on, in the cards right now.
12: Jared Halpern, Fox News. A homeless man is accused of setting a 50-foot tall Christmas tree on fire outside Fox News headquarters in New York.
16: 49-year-old Craig Tamanaha has been charged with criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, arson, and other charges. He was seen on security footage just after midnight scaling the tree decorated with 10,000 glass ornaments and 100,000 lights.
11: Fox's
12: Lillian Wu in New York City. America's listening to Fox News. As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe.
1: We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105. Call today. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever
7: Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051.
12: We've
1: lost so many people to COVID. So many moms and dads, favorite uncles, older sisters, and best friends. But vaccines can help prevent serious illness and death from COVID in more than 9 out of 10 cases. So, now almost all COVID deaths are preventable. And so are the broken hearts they leave behind. We can do this. Find COVID vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
8: Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Less than a month after Mississippi's first execution in nine years, another inmate wants the state to set a date for his execution. Blake Nathaniel Grayson wrote the Supreme Court with his request Friday. He was convicted of capital murder and the stabbing death of 78 year old Minnie Smith during a burglary at her home in George County in 1997. It's up to the state Supreme Court to decide whether to grant his request. And Republicans in the legislature are in charge of redistricting, but House Minority Leader Robert Johnson says at this point, they haven't found many differences.
14: I don't think it's a secret that we, we're going to do all we can to try to maximize our ability to elect more uh uh, people of color and, and, and Democrats and Republicans are going to try to maintain their supermajority.
8: The most important part of redrawing congressional districts is the equal distribution of the population in the four districts. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
2: On December the 3rd, I tested positive for COVID. I was to the point where I really couldn't even walk.
9: She was admitted to the Tupelo Hospital. That's where she remained for 82 days.
2: That was the first time they told Reggie he could come see me.
14: I nearly lost my wife. I mean, that's real. There that ain't no false information. And I don't
9: want to see you lose a loved one.
8: Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to GetYourShotMS.org.
3: My son is not some statistic. My daughter's not a headline. My girl, she's not someone's agenda. What he, what she is, is irreplaceable. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. So I talked
14: to my daughter's doctor about COVID vaccines. And
17: she said they're highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths,
14: even from the Delta variant.
17: We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
8: The price of gas is beginning to drop a little. We're about 10 cents lower than we were about a month ago. Don Rickman with AAA Mississippi told Gerard Gibbard on Supertalk Mississippi global tension is creating uncertainty in the market.
18: In terms of of what Russia may or may not do in regards to Ukraine, how China may respond. Russia announced that China and Russia's relationship is stronger than ever, and that's <laughs> sending a warning, I think it is, to the United States that if the United States tries to do any sanctions against Russia, any movement it may make on Ukraine. All of a sudden, oil prices could zoom right back up.
8: And the reading and math corps is looking for over 20 people to work in the capital city as tutors. The stipend has been increased to 1750. Per hour with up to $1,600 for tuition or student loans, free individual health insurance, training, and a Monday through Friday daytime schedule. The deadline to apply is Wednesday, the 15th. For more details, you can visit servetogrow.org. I'm Andy Davis.
11: Before the action begins, make sure your bets are in. Every hit, this ball is crushed. Every point. Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino revolutionizes the fan experience. On your phone, casino kiosk at the timeout lounge. Don't just be a fan, be a player, be a winner. Get the sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. We're not just fans, we're here to play.
12: In the Capital City metro area. Love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6-9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Get ready. Get ready. To go
0: beyond the headlines. And join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. Hello. 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 You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi uh, rolling into hour three on the program. We are broadcasting live today from Tupelo, Mississippi. We're Main Street downtown Tupelo. Stones uh, Jewelry been in business 45 years, and watching the uh, the flurry of activity really today of. The good folks coming in the store, making their selections, and walking out with them in many cases. And we appreciate the business and appreciate the visit with uh, Miss Joanne Stone, who is uh, very proud of this business, as she should be. It uh, is indeed uh, something to be proud of, and uh, I just love getting out and visiting with all these small business owners and and seeing them succeed. It's just so heartwarming here in the state of Mississippi. But joining us now, Todd Jordan, the mayor of the great city of Tupelo. Thanks for coming on, Mayor honored to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. So what do you think about this deal today? Uh, The activity in here is uh, really impressive. Stone's Jewelry has been a staple in Tupelo for several
20: decades and done a lot of shopping in here. Actually bought my wife's engagement ring here. Also, I have been in here several times. They're always uh, willing to help
5: if they don't have anything that you like they'll find it for you and that's something and that's uh, uh that's really what i think the the mark is of a of a quality business and and something you get uh, from a small hometown business like that, that personal touch, that personal service, and that desire just to see you through the sale and make sure you're taken care of. That's, that's the difference maker. And uh, it's good that you point out that uh, you are, are indeed proud of that, as you should be as the mayor of the city. It's, it's businesses like this that, that make the city. Uh, The great one that it is and a lot of growth you guys are experiencing up here.
20: We've got growth everywhere If you go to any part of this city north south east or west downtown you see construction probably the most construction That's ever going on in the city of Tupelo. We're proud of that. Really? The most probably the most we have People moving into the city. We have residential development Uh, downtown we just uh, completed uh, North Mississippi Center just completed a children's clinic, and it's a multi-use of condos upstairs. The new Hotel Tupelo downtown will open up the 1st of February. It'll be a true boutique Hotel, everything in there will be from the city of Tupelo, from the soap to the coffee cups. Wow. To, uh, they'll have a uh, Delta jeans. will have a virtual fitting in there. So it's uh, it's a great time to, to live in the city of Tupelo. Well,
5: to what do you attribute this uh, this influx and this expansion of, of construction and, and just uh, economic growth?
20: That, well, Tupelo is the hub of North Mi- northeast Mississippi. Sure. If, if you're going to go shopping, uh, if you live in northeast Mississippi, you're coming to Tupelo. And I think it just uh, just growth over time. I believe we we went through a period, obviously in, in the late 2008-2009 uh, downturn. I believe everybody was wanting to do something then, yeah. uh, but it was tough to get financing. And I believe it just uh, it's just timing. You know, over the last three or four years, we've kind of seen a trend. And our uh, people Water and Light Director Johnny Timothy, has never seen putting as many sewer taps as he
5: is right now. Well, that's a question, uh, Mayor. That uh, something, of course, that uh, uh, your your municipal government has to be concerned about is what about the infrastructure? Do you have sufficient infrastructure to accommodate the growth, or are you making investments to uh, to be able to plan ahead?
20: You know, a lot of times people work from the outside in, and I think that's an easy thing to do. My goal is to be uh, now work from the inside out. We have two major highways that come through Tupelo, Highway 45 and Interstate 22. And when everybody comes into those areas, you get a bottleneck when yeah. you get to the mall area, or place like that. So we have to look at now, working from the inside out to get that flow because especially at Christmas time, we'll have 250,000 people in the city of Tupelo on any given weekend. Really? and, wow. and when you've got that many coming to a small area, it, it, sometimes you get a little bottlenecked and, and backed up. But we're going to uh, start working toward that. We've got a few plans to, to get that done. So only thing, it, it takes time and money. Yeah, of course. Uh, so what's the population within the city limits and then the metro area? A little over 38,000. We were one of the few cities that did grow in the last census. Yeah. Uh, we did some annexation. Uh, Lee County is about 86,000 okay. uh, when you get outside of that obviously north east Mississippi is a lot more but like I said most days we have about a hundred thousand people coming
5: to Tupelo and on the weekends about 250,000 that's awesome 250,000 I mean so you're quadrupling essentially or, or more The the population of the area. I mean, it's just unbelievable uh, to think about that. But that's excellent for the economy. That that obviously they're spending money when they're coming into town. They are. Our
20: sales tax are are, are up over uh, from a year ago, and our tourism taxes. We have a two percent tourism tax that's on food and hotels. It's been up seventeen
5: percent a month over a year ago. Yeah. So you you got a chunk of money uh, that was allocated your way from the. Act. Uh, I, I didn't check before I came on how much the city got because some of that went to cities, counties and then to the state level as well. How much did you guys get? Well from that we got about 4.7 million. Okay. Uh, and
20: you know obviously they give it to you then they tell you how to spend it <laughs> of course so it's strings it, attached you know it would be good if they just said look here's some money spend it like you want yeah. but and there's going to be a lot more money coming yeah. uh, unfortunately
5: it's a lot's going to be in how we do the applications to how much we get are you uh, in discussions with uh, your your legislative uh, delegation on that as well that in expressing kind of your desires on how you'd like to see that out just
20: had a meeting this morning with our uh, local Council of Governments with CDF okay uh, with Delbert Hoseman he was on zoom call we have another one at three o'clock with speaker Gunn. sure Just to get a little bit of clarification, Uh, and I don't think that they know everything at this point. Right. uh, We put in our ask of of what we would like to see and how that money could be allocated. So now it's just up to them. Tell us if we can get
5: it. Okay. I got you, um, what uh, what else are your legislative priorities with the session right around the corner here? Anything else that you're focused on you'd like to see happen?
20: You know, one thing that uh, is big coming up is the medical marijuana. We, we have, our legal counsel and our uh, development services, we have got our zoning in order. Uh, if that comes down, we'll see how that goes, that's the big thing. Um, Another that, that the city of Tupelo has really been wanting for quite some time, and we'd like to get some, some help with that, is, is an all-inclusive playground. Kay. There's not one in northeast Mississippi. I think that would be a regional uh, regional thing, we've got a perfect place out on the west side of town, Ballard Park, it'll give us an opportunity to do a lot of upgrades. That's going to be about a 40, four to five million dollar project. So that's that's something that the citizens have really been wanting
5: for a long time and I hope to make that happen. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so with respect to the medical marijuana, uh, what do you think uh, the city of Tupelo, what what option would would it take? It, are you, uh, it, does your group seem to be on board with allowing the treatment centers to We're locate We're still Tupelo? in discussion. Uh, it looks like that is the way we will
20: go. That's okay. why we're trying to get our zoning in order. Okay. Uh, our concern is if we opt out of it, yeah. Then we're going to lose a lot of revenue to our surrounding towns. Yeah. Uh, so our zoning will probably be close to that if we, if we decide to do so with our alcohol sales. Uh, you know, yet being so so many feet from a church, right. you know, Things like that. Right. So we we definitely want to limit that, but. At this point I would say that we were probably leaning toward uh,
5: accepting that. Uh mayor is kind of the, the chief ambassador for the city of Tupelo what would you say to someone who's looking for maybe a place to relocate and uh, perhaps move their family to what would you say to them why should
20: they come to Tupelo well we've got great schools first of all and that's why people want to come to a city and yeah, we do have the biggest high school in the state Yeah, which that can coming from a smaller community intimidate a lot of people but we do have a, a great private school the TCPS uh, for someone that you know, may not be adjust quite as well to a, a larger high school. Mm-hmm. So we've just got a great school system. That's the number one thing. We also have the uh, sports amenities here. We've got a 10 million dollar um, aquatic center that brings in several million dollars a year. Uh, about 10 years ago, that was a, a big question mark on whether we need it, but Our it's paid for level. itself many times over. Of course, with something like that, it. It takes a lot to maintain it. We're looking at about a $1.2 million air filtration system right now to replace. Okay. Uh, and also we have the Bancorp South Center yeah. and, and Conference Center. Just spent $14 million on a renovation to the Conference Center in addition. So if you're going to go anywhere in North Mississippi, Tupelo is going to have what you need. And you've got great health care too. That's right. North Mississippi Medical Center, largest uh, rural hospital in the country. I tell people Tupelo is big enough to do anything you want to do, but small enough to get anywhere
5: you want to in 15 minutes. That's a great way to describe it. Mayor, thanks so much for coming on the program today. We enjoyed it, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Mayor Todd Jordan, the mayor of the city of Tupelo. We'll step aside for a break right here on Middays. We'll come back with some more talk. we got some Jen Psaki video to play for you. Some sound there, what she said about Hunter Biden's laptop. When we come back, stay with us.
14: At Alliance Ag Risk Management, our slogan is hope for the best,
6: prepare for the worst. Whether it's using our bottom line ag app to create a personalized crop marketing plan, partnering with our agents to identify the right policy to minimize risk against the perils of high value production, or just having someone to talk to in a time of need, we're dedicated to coming
14: alongside you to take emotion out of the equation and maximize your hard-earned profits. Alliance Ag Risk Management, hope for the best, prepare for the worst.
0: Ace Bolt and Screw is your one-stop shop for great gifts, tools, accessories, fasteners, saw blades, ladders, and more. The best selection of hardware and fasteners is at either location of Ace Bolt and Screw on Julianne Street just off Gallatin and Jackson, or the Gluckstadt location right off I-55 next door to Camper Corral. Whether you're shopping for the do-it-yourself or in your life, or for a professional contractor, even your industrial wish list, you'll find the best deals this holiday season at Ace Bolton Screw
7: online at acebolt.net. The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Goal Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service is your central Mississippi boating headquarters.
15: RJ's offers top of the line brands like Skeeter, War Eagle, G3, Express, and Bennington Pontoon
1: Boats, all powered by Yamaha Outboards. RJ's Outboard, 1208, Old Fan Road in Brandon, the dealership that's service built.
11: Get her here with a special invitation to join us weekday mornings 6 to 9.
12: Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Now back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
11: Come, they told me par up a newborn came to sleep par up a our finest gifts we bring par up a pum pum to lay before the king par up a pum 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 pum
5: so to honor welcome him welcome back everyone midday super talk mississippi gerard gibbert Live from Tupelo, Mississippi, Stones at Jewelry. That's where we are, enjoying our time here. Appreciate the mayor coming on and joining us. Lots of text rolling in, Rhino, about this express grain situation that evidently impacts uh, several hundred, it appears, farmers in the Mississippi Delta. Certainly over 100 farmers. And John from Vance, you see that Rhino sent, actually sent us what appears to be a letter or actually he says it was a text message received from the president of express grains terminals a man called john coleman and it's it's just basically kind of the corporate party line explanation of what happens when uh you you file chapter 11 bankruptcy which is a reorg process that's when you look at all the assets and all the liabilities and start Uh, sorting those out and the bankruptcy court gets involved and figures out uh, what to do with those assets to to get uh, those uh creditors paid off and uh and those to whom money is owed such as the farmers in this case who deliver the grain and uh, expect uh, essentially inventory if you will and expect it to be paid for that, rightfully so. So and it, it just goes on to explain that yeah there's a temporary freeze on the accounts until the judge approves, takes a couple of weeks and then payments will flow again but it, you know John from Vance, appreciate you sending that the payments will flow again. It really didn't tell you though whether or not you're going to get paid in full and when you might expect to get paid in full. So uh, Man, I f- I feel for for everybody that's um, on the on the side of this that's sitting there holding an accounts receivable that they're they need. They've already recorded that income, that revenue on their books. They're paying their bills with that, and in and, and I just hope that nothing nefarious occurred. But it it kind of points to that. It you know on the surface at least, and I I don't want to jump the gun here, but. We'll see and let the court sort it out. I, I suspect that based on what comes out of bankruptcy court, if it's not acceptable to those uh, farmers who were owed money, you got to believe we're going to see some lawsuits flow out of that. But, but, of course, the problem with just suing someone who owes you money like that is that if they don't have any money to pay you, it doesn't really matter. You might win a judgment, but... Without assets, it doesn't really do you any good. It's just not. They're squeezing blood out of the old turnip, as they say. So, anyhow, we'll uh, we'll see where all that goes, and we'll, we we uh, appreciate everybody calling that to our attention, and we'll try to track it best we can. Uh, David from Bruce asked, "Do you think Benny Thompson will help the farmers?" And you know, I don't know, David. I, I think the question is, what can Benny Thompson do? Uh, th- this is a, a matter between private entities where one didn't didn't uh, honor, uh, essentially, a, a, a valid contract. And, you know, I, <laughs> I wish I had a dime for every time uh, lawyers, w- when I was in business, would say, you know, there are no contract police. So, <laughs> Benny Thompson is a congressman, obviously and he, he has some degree of authority with respect to the federal government but this calls into question i guess should the federal government um, remedy this this situation this wrongdoing should the federal government step in and and pay the farmers uh... who were stiffed by this this other this express grain group this private entity i mean golly that that would set a very dangerous precedent uh, such that the government steps in any time there's a default uh, and a breach of, of contract between uh, private parties such that they uh, they make it right if you will uh, with taxpayer money uh, so I'm not sure what else Benny Thompson could do that's all I'm saying I, I think what Express Grain did here is, seems terrible on the surface but uh, you know, the, the courts are where these kinds of issues are sorted out and, and disputes are litigated. It's not even a dispute, it's just it's a, it's a there are very uh, detailed, comprehensive bankruptcy laws that dictate how these kinds of matters are, are handled by the courts. So, whey, geez, we'll see what happens. Jamie from Oxford says the Fed bailed out automakers. Well, they, they loaned them money. And I object to that. Uh, they also loaned the bankers the banks money and the banks paid every bit of it back with interest. Uh, what the feds did with respect to the automakers was um, uh, mainly was by stock. We, we as the taxpayers own stock in a lot of these automakers. We're not even ever going to get our money back on that. We're going we're gonna to take that uh, on the chin. So again, it's just a matter. Do, do we want to see the federal government step in every time? I mean, in the situation with bailing out the automakers, the government would argue if we hadn't done that, it would have had a disastrous macro impact on the economy. Um, as, uh, in this particular situation, with respect to the farmers, it's just a question of whether, whether or not we want to see government step in again every time You know, there's some failure to pay and honor a debt, that's that's just a very dangerous uh, situation to run into. I, I think we got to let the courts work through this. That's what they're set up for. Again, there are comprehensive bankruptcy laws that address these sorts of matters, and that are followed in these cases. And let let's see what happens there. And uh, I just think again, it, it, we would not be um, wise for the federal government to start this precedent of stepping in uh, every time there is a default. So. Bailing out the the automakers was more a result of a a macroeconomic issue as opposed to a a failure to honor a contract between two parties. It wasn't a situation where the automakers weren't getting paid uh, by their customers. In, in, In their case, it's the dealers that they sell the vehicles to. So Thomas and Greenwood says Might be good to get Andy Gibson on to discuss this after Paul's guest this morning. That's what's causing the text, I see. He also wanted to know Are the people of Madison excited at the prospect of being represented by Benny after redistricting? Benny already represents a sliver of Madison County, I believe. I don't know that that's going to expand uh, very much south into the county. I don't expect it will. So uh, I'm not really sure where you're coming with on that, and that's just based on information I've received from those involved in the redistricting process. Don't really, don't really expect expect that. Um, So I'm not sure what you're talking about, Thomas. The dismay at the vaccine poll. Uh, I guess what you're doing is making a point about the folks' appetite for government and government involvement. Government intrusion, government intervention into the private sector. Yeah, the vaccine poll did did surprise me, but uh, again, I think we've got to be. Uh, I think we just got to be eyes wide open to the fact that the at least half, I think more, of the people in this country generally don't align with the sorts of philosophies and views that uh, we discuss here on the program, or that are more common and and more pervasive in the state of mississippi we're a very small state of three million people but when you get in these really really big states that uh, have considerably more population than we do there they just seem to be they're not seem to be they're just way more tilted to the left and and uh more in favor of government and more government and big government and government authoritarianism as evidenced by that video we played yesterday uh... rhino you recall folks on the streets of new york that seemed to uh... seem to uh... uh... receive positively the uh, bill de blasio the mayor of new york's vaccine mandate for the private sector uh, for private companies there even though the federal level and uh, order has been struck down I, I was shocked at that too the number of people said yeah i think we ought to make them all get vaccinated i just it's just hard to believe that we've gotten to a point in this country where so many people believe that the people in government somehow are superior to the individuals outside of government. And it's that individualism and, and uh, individual efforts and individual innovation and in industriousness which is what made this country so great and what it is today. Our founders knew that, and that's why they limited the federal government. And I, it's just amazing to me. Uh, John in Hardeman, Tennessee, says this concerns our food source. Fed should help these farmers. I I hear you, John. Uh, I, you know, and I, I don't want to be confrontational here, but I was in the IT business. What if what if uh, I experienced some sort of problem like this? Should they come help me out? Because thousands of customers rely on that information to run these businesses. I mean, you, you could – we start getting into a situation where we, we parse out, well, this particular – um commodity is more valuable than that. I think the reality is everything is so linked, so connected, so integrated we got to have it all. I don't know that you can put one above the other. you may say, well yeah food is more important. I hear you we got to have food to eat, but they need lots of other assets to make the food. We'll step aside, we'll take a break right here. We're in Tupelo, Mississippi at Stone's jewelry Stay with us Ooh, Merry Christmas
4: Merry Christmas.
5: Comes
7: this time, From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com today. Cloudy skies, then clearing. High near 64. Tonight, increasing clouds, low around 50 degrees. Your Thursday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy. High near 74. And for your finally Friday, a 40% chance of rain, mostly cloudy. High all the way up to 81. This weather brought to you by No-Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No-Drip difference is all about. No-Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at nodripms.com.
9: Carter Jewelers is buying our diamonds from some of the biggest diamond producers in the world. We're using the best manufacturers to produce what I know is the finest quality jewelry ever made with no equal in finish and detail eliminating importers, wholesalers, and expensive branding, bringing our customers the best jewelry ever made at incredible prices. At Carter Jewelers Christmas Sale, we've got smoking hot deals all over the store. Over a thousand pieces with second and third markdowns galore. 18 months interest-free financing, no credit check financing, layaway and trade-in welcome. We're Carter Jewelers downtown Jackson at the corner of State Street and High Street and the Pemberton Plaza in Vicksburg. With Carter Jewelers' massive selection, quality, and incredible pricing, why would you ever want to shop anyplace else? Tune in this Saturday morning from 8
3: till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where garden mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer. The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South in Richland. A
21: Complete Flight Source is proud to announce that Mississippi has a new state flag. We're taking orders now for all sizes of the newly designed State of Mississippi flag. Flags are in production and soon you can be flying one at your home, school, or business.
8: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Less than a month after Mississippi's first execution in nine years, another inmate wants the state to set a date for his execution. Blake Nathaniel Grayson wrote the Supreme Court with his request Friday. He was convicted of capital murder and the stabbing death of 78-year-old Minnie Smith during a burglary at her home in George County in 1997. It's up to the state Supreme Court to decide whether to grant his request. And Republicans and the legislature are in charge of redistricting, but House Minority Leader Robert Johnson says at this point, they haven't found many differences.
14: I don't think it's a secret that we, we're going to do all we can to try to maximize our ability to elect more uh Uh, people of color and and Democrats and Republicans are going to try to maintain their supermajority.
8: The most important part of redrawing congressional districts is the equal distribution of the population in the four districts. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
7: I'm Mississippi Secretary of State Michael Watson. Over the holidays, I encourage you to not only reflect on this incredibly challenging past year, but also on the goodness, provision, and peace the Lord has provided. This Christmas, I hope you'll join me in taking the time to enjoy your family and friends with a grateful heart. From my family to yours, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Keeping you up to date with news,
0: weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Super Talk Mississippi News. Your news all the time, on air and online. Super Talk Mississippi News
16: Folks,
0: no matter where you go.
5: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi, broadcasting live from Stones of Jewelry in Tupelo, Mississippi. We appreciate you joining us. Lots of text rolling in on the ceasefire text line about this situation with the express grain Ron in Columbus says sad thing is that this may bankrupt a lot of farmers before it goes through the snail slow courts yeah I agree I think that is always a problem the courts are slow but they also do understand sense of urgency so hopefully they will be motivated to act uh, rapidly Benny Thompson ain't gonna help the farmers because he won't even help keep them from flooding out talking about the pumps that's Leslie in Grenada appreciate that so Brian in the Delta says this deal with express grain will not only affect the farmers, but the suppliers too, like fuel, chemical, seed, and parts suppliers. Farmers don't get paid, they can't pay their bills. I hear you, I understand. I, I, so I, there's no question and in, in, in no, um, I guess no doubt in my mind as, as to what kind of harmful effects this has. I, I certainly understand that, you're owed money and you rely on that money to operate, pay your bills, your employees, etc., turn profit, live, eat, all that sort of stuff. And if you don't get paid, uh, you, you can't meet those obligations and sustain. I, I totally understand that. It's just a question of should the government step in in this case. This is a matter between two private parties. Should the government step in and uh, and and? Make the farmers whole. That's the question. And and if and if we said yes, then does that mean any time there is a default on a debt like that, Um, that's just between uh, the result of a transaction between two private parties, should the government step in and cure it and make it make uh, the party whole? Who, who uh, incurred the write off there and incurred the expense of the debt? I mean, if we open up that can of worms, good grief, the, the government essentially would be the insurance for all private party transactions. And that's, that's just, I think that's going down the old slippery slope. Um, they're, they're, I think we need to get our heads together and figure out a way to, to make this right and uh, to try to cure the situation uh and I think all parties ought to be at the table to do to do so in, including the state government uh, the, uh, the the farmers themselves their legal representatives the uh, in this case express grain the the uh, the debtor that's going down here so um, all of those need to get in a room and sort this out and, and figure out what can be done. My hope is that there are enough assets there. That the bankruptcy court can can look at and um, uh, aggregate and figure out a way to allocate and uh, distribute those assets in such a way that it's not a total loss. At a minimum, not a total loss uh, for the farmers who owed money for this grain. That's that's the that's the hope, um, and I think the best case scenario we could hope for from Uh, the bankruptcy court and if in fact they are able to reorganize and get on their feet that they just take forward that debt and they perhaps structure some sort of terms where they pay that over time the money that's owed to the farmers and and, and it's just not written off as part of the bankruptcy reorg but again that's going to be a very complex exercise for the for the bankruptcy uh, the courts, the accountants, and so forth, that have to uh, model all that out and figure out what uh, what could be carried forward, so that the organization would be sustainable, so that it can continue to pay on that debt. So. Uh, bad thing is that John Coleman, that would be the president of Express Green, tailed it to Colorado. Why can't he be charged with something? I mean, if he possibly could, this is on the ceasefire tax line, he possibly could if there's any sort of um, crime committed. I mean, if, it, if it's just they, they poorly managed the company and ran it to the ground, that's not a crime. There's no crime against going bankrupt and failing in business or just being stupid uh, in the way you manage the company. If um, they lied, misrepresented anything about the company to any third party, um, that's a problem. And then you got to also wonder, where are the accountants here? Because the accountants are responsible for performing audits and producing financial statements and, and signing off on those. And uh, rendering an opinion, and it's those financial statements in the opinion that is used by lenders, by creditors, in uh, issuing credit, in granting credit. So it could be some culpability and liability there as, as well. Just don't know. Don't know all the details there. Assets are not close to the amount owed that on the ceasefire tax line. I, I'll take your word for it. I don't know. Haven't seen the balance sheet of this organization so if that's the case then that would mean that uh, the farmers in fact would not be made whole uh, if they get anything Um, farmers do get subsidies from the government that's ron and columbus yes subsidies to the farmers directly from the government to subsidize their operations and, uh, and, and, and just to cover some of their expenses or invest in more uh, operations, expansion, etc., of, of, uh, of their businesses. That's a totally different thing than the government stepping in and saying, Oh, this private party over here didn't pay their bill. Here's some money to cover that. So it's just a completely different scenario and matter. We're, we're talking about it here, the government stepping in and uh, essentially curing a default uh, by one private party on money it owes by contract to another. i uh, Just unbelievable the ramifications of government stepping in and, again, curing private sector defaults on credit. I can't even comprehend it. Uh, insurance now, as, as you guys are probably aware, insurance that is maintained by uh, financial institutions to protect against that, uh, is, is something. Credit default swaps, which is a, a, an instrument that was used in the early 2000s, which ultimately led to the, the um, subprime credit crash. It was credit default swaps, which are essentially insurance against defaults that were being sold between parties and lots of of um, really just shaky activity occurred there which is what what caused the 2008 financial uh, crisis where's the grain says chris the mailman i don't know Uh, the big bank waived the loan for over a year before waiting until elevator was full at which time they called the loan the bank played express and farmers well you know, the, the, if you look at the credit agreements here, and I don't have in front of I me, mean, this is on the C Spire line, but I have been involved with and and um, many many credit agreements, um, and, and certainly going to the to the uh, private lending community, private equity, institutional lending community. That's not a commercial bank; it's a totally different deal. I've been involved lots of credit agreements like that, up to a hundred million dollars. Uh, yeah, they've got all sorts of rights. I can tell you, uh, do the lenders in those credit agreements that that allow them to uh, invoke their rights um, for a variety of reasons under the terms of those credit agreements, and I, I don't know that we can necessarily connect connect it to what I can say is that creditors don't want to call those loans. They want to get paid because if they call those loans, um, if they're If there are no assets to pay it, uh, pay off those uh, those loans to pay that debt, just throwing them in, shoving them into bankruptcy court, forcing them into that, they don't get them paid. So they, my experience is that they do everything they absolutely possibly can. To, to try to uh, remedy these situations and cure these defaults before they take the last final action, which is, I'm sorry, we're we just going to have to sue you on default and go to court. That's the last resort because it's, it's just not going to get them paid. Um, so I don't know about the timing there. I appreciate the text, but again, I think we're going to I think there's a lot of details we just don't know at this point. Um, and and the, all the information, what little information I could find about this matter um, is is very high level and uh, really not uh, a lot um, of details pertaining to it. The asset is the full bins on the backs of the farmers, says Thomas and Greenwood. Jack and Jack tell and says... Uh, government ever help other industries, airlines, banks, again, uh, let's make the distinction. Um, we're, we're talking about curing a default on a contract here. The government coming in and saying these guys acted, uh, not even necessarily inappropriately, but these folks over here are not able to meet their obligations and pay their bills, and we're talking about the government stepping in and saying no problem, we'll pay their bills For them, that's a different matter than when the government shuts down the economy because of a disease, because of COVID, and says, "And here's some compensation to uh, to counter our shutting down your business." That's a completely different matter. Completely different matter. So, in in my view, so it's just I just think it's a very dangerous. Path to go down to start getting the government involved and in, and in, uh, curing these debts like this. We'll step aside. We got another segment coming up on midday's at Stones Jewelry. We're going to have another representative from Stones join the program. Stay with us. Good to me.
17: Oh, oh. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry is just that—a family. It was just a
7: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
14: As a farmer, I I grow U.S. farm-raised catfish. doing that. I know it's a safe product, and I enjoy eating it any way my wife likes to cook it. Hi, I'm Luke Smelly, and I'm Alabama 2020 Catfish Farmer of the Year from Greensboro, Alabama. If you haven't tried U.S. farm raised catfish, you should because it's delicious. Simple as that.
12: When it comes to your business IT solutions, smarter is better.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: You better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when
5: well, you're there you go. A little Christmas music here. We are at Stone's Jewelry, Tupelo, Mississippi, Gerard Gibbert, Middays, Rhino, back in the studio, taking care of business. And joining us now, Heather Palmer from Sanctuary Hospice. Thanks for coming on, Heather.
19: Yeah, thanks for having me. Well,
5: it's been a great day uh, thus far. I've seen lots of folks coming in and out of the store. Hopefully, they're helping out the sanctuary. They
19: did. They did. We got some nice blanket donations and some financial donations, and we need both
5: badly so
19: that worked out
5: so what do you do exactly
19: so i'm the director of outreach and fundraising for sanctuary i've been there almost 12 years um and what i do is um put the messaging out there to the community about who we are what we do but also to help raise the funds we have to raise 1.5 million dollars a year to offset our operational deficit so We have some fundraisers. We try to spread the word. Um, We get a lot of family feedback, and, you know, they kind of help us spread the word as well.
5: Yeah. So that's great. So uh, where all do you service?
19: We cover 18 counties in northeast Mississippi for our home hospice, but our hospice house, we've had patients from all over Mississippi, all over the south. We can accept patients from anywhere to there
5: when typically is hospice care sought
19: six months of life or less uh, is when it's typically uh, begun mm-hmm. some people wait you know a little late and um, we ask that they consider it earlier you know when the physician has the conversation it's probably a good time to go ahead and consider getting that care it gives the opportunity for the staff to become familiar with the patient the patient become familiar with the staff and um Really, the true benefit is gained when we are in there as quickly as we can be.
5: It takes a special person, does it not?
19: It does. Not Our nurses be. are called, absolutely called to this ministry. I mean, you can't, you know, it's just like education or anything else. You have to have that calling to yeah. be able to do it the right way.
5: Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I I don't know that there's any of us out there that haven't, at some point in our life, probably had to deal with that situation. Right. I certainly did with with my father, and that was back in 1998. And right. um, so grateful uh, yeah. to those who uh, from hospice that uh, saw us through those final months. Uh, in invaluable, right. honestly, and right. can't can't imagine that without it. So. 18 counties, you yeah. said, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing.
19: We go to patient homes, and um, we can take a sanctuary to them. And mm-hmm. we do accept all patients, regardless of ability to pay. So that's one reason that fundraising for us is essential. Mm-hmm. We, we have to do wow. Yeah,
5: That is amazing. So where uh, what, what are your sources of funding? Is it totally through private donations?
19: It's private donations. We have a few grants. Um, we do get, um, we have two village shops here, is what we call them, in a, uh, tupelo there are thrift stores that really people bring by the donations and then they also buy some people do both in the same day right. and then we have celebration village which is um next year will be our 20th annual event um draws in about 15,000 people and it really goes a long way and then you guys um help us with the radiothon every year yeah. so that's great too
5: yeah uh so you said you've had a good day today. I've seen lots of folks come yeah, in here today, yeah, and yeah. that's that's good to hear. So people have been bringing in uh, blankets they and have. making monetary donations. They have,
19: and they can continue to do so. Okay. Typically, after this, this is our fourth year. Um, I'll get some calls. People will come by the hospice house, or they'll make some donations online, which you can always do sanctuaryhospice.org.
5: Gotcha. What's the connection of stones? How'd you guys get connected there?
19: They are just amazing supporters in this community that they know our cause they know we're local yeah. uh, they you know they know that we are caring for those at end of life who some um, you know do not have anybody else to care for them right. so we've been in the community now uh, this will be uh, we're in our 15th year of operations so at this point if you live in North Mississippi you likely know someone who has been cared before by sure. sanctuary hospice and and um, our founders set it up to where our mission is to be the hands and feet of Jesus to all those we serve, and it really, it really makes that extra difference. It, you know, there are hospices and um, other hospices, but it, it does make a difference. You yeah. know, when when Absolutely. you have that mission every day.
5: How, how is uh, what's the size of the staff, the organization?
19: We have a little over 100 staff because we do have that 24-bed inpatient facility that's operational all the time. Um, so around 120 total staff members Wow! to keep it all going.
5: How's it going? Are you looking for people like everybody we else is? Yeah,
19: <laughs> we need help. Figured, yeah. We uh, definitely need some nurses. And we feel like we are competitive. We're a great place to work. So we would love to get some calls today from this. And I, I'd be happy to just share information share more sure. about what we do
5: yeah that's awesome heather thanks so much Thank for, uh, for coming on and thanks uh for the great work that you folks do i, I know it's uh, something that's desperately needed it and is. it's it's a good deal and really likes you guys connected to yeah. stones yeah. in a private business like this this is uh, truly a great partnership thanks yes. for coming on Thank you. that's a wrap here on middays from stones of jewelry in tupelo mississippi I'll be headed back to Jackson and be in the studio with the Rhino tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone.
20: A
7: Super Talk Mississippi <laughs> Media Production.